Alright, we're looking pretty good. Sound waves looking fresh. Stay nice and close. Yeah, Are yeah. They mid? Uh it's a little more than mid, I'd there say. We go. Yeah, right. yeah. We're uh we're we're like in the seventy percent of like the rotten tomato range, so a little nice. above, above average, and this is like the critic score. This isn't even considering the audience yeah, score. Yeah, they're always they're usually a lot more uh, forgiving. Yeah, hundred percent mm -hmm. or tougher. I watched an ad the other day that came on a YouTube ad. It was for Uncharted, and uh, you got one of your things out for that, don't you? Uh, that's a whole nother thing because uh, I watched this on desktop. Oh, but it was also on. It was also like a TV commercial too because uh -huh. I saw it at my parents' house. Um. The ad was promoting the fact that the movie had like, I had to like go back and rewind because it said like 90% Rotten Tomato score. I'm like, what the fuck? That can't be right. So I looked up the Rotten Tomato score and it says 43%. I'm like, that's a bunch of bullshit. So then I rewinded the uh, the footage and I listened uh -oh. back to it and it, yeah. it said 90% audience score. <laughs> For Uncharted. I'm like, okay. There we go. That, that makes a little more sense. Which then. it must the video gamers must have felt that it honored the video game. Um right? I no, I honestly think it was probably all people who just saw that Tom Holland was in the movie. Probably had no idea that the video game even exists. Oh. They they got to the scene where Nolan North is on the beach as a cameo and he's like, Hey guys, how's it going? Because, you know, he played Nathan Drake in the games. Oh, really? And the, you know, the parents looked at that scene. They were like, who the fuck is that? Anyway, this movie's great. I love Tom Holland and Mark Wahlberg. They're so funny. Um, 90%. <laughs> yeah, I don't know if I agree with all that. Have you seen Uncharted? No, I'm not. <laughs> I, I've already <laughs> did my money-wasting venture. Uh, that yeah. movie doesn't speak anything Dude, to it, me. Dude, it was not good. It was not not good i was telling um oh my god i was talking to some friends and i just we were talking about movies or whatever and you know like why don't you watch this or that and i just i'm like because it's two hours that i have to dedicate of something plus it's money it's well even if money it was, builds up <laughs> even if uncharted was like on netflix like that's two hours of my day that i have to go and be like all right i'm gonna sit down and watch this and actually devote something yep like i'm good i don't I, blame you Part of part of me watching it was sort of a sacrifice. I feel like Jesus in a way, almost. Where <laughs> oh yeah, I, I am I am bringing the burden of seeing this movie onto myself so that other people, the Church of Kyle, don't have to go through the pain. Yeah, uh, the the sins of cinema, <laughs> if you will. Which I think that's a YouTube channel. But anyway, uh, yeah, no free plugs. Yeah, yeah, no no free plugs. No. We won't name you specifically. Yeah. Um, you have to name us specifically. Please. Please. Please do it. <laughs> Please. We're desperate. <laughs> we're just going to start adding everything on uh, Twitter. Yeah. Hey, speaking of Twitter, I saw we went from eight followers to nine followers. Really? I, I thought think I saw. So. Oh, so I have 14 tweets, maybe 15 tweets, and we're up to nine followers? Uh, I think, yeah, we're following 15 people. Okay. And I've seen a bunch of different numbers, and I just, every time I just nod, it's like Facebook. I mean, I just, I feel like that number mm -hmm. incrementally, we're getting, we're getting growing. We're inching up there. Yeah. At like once every two weeks, I'll get like a new like on Facebook, and I'm like, "Oh, that's nice." Usually from like an old classmate or someone. However, who probably, it goes. yeah, they probably see like the invite that they got from me like half a year ago, and they look see, at my profile and they feel bad, so they're like, "Ah, uh, I haven't talked to Kyle in a I'm while." I'm really curious. I mean, like people just like like I I've liked a couple friends, um, stuff you know, but like it's 
you know, I don't hop in there and I'm not actively following it. Yeah. So I, but I've done that a couple times. It's the too. same token. If it sits there after like two weeks, I just, I'm not. Mm-hmm. It, it's funny. Cause like a lot of the times that that happens, it's usually for people's podcasts. Yeah. Like I, there's been a couple different types of podcasts that I've been invited to that. Like I'll either, you know, accept it or not depending on like who the person is or like what the podcast is. Mm-hmm. Cause there's one podcast that, uh, I don't know if they do it anymore, but like a few people that I went to school with, they started call. It was like a sports podcast. Oh, and I'm not, you know, you know me, McLean. Yeah, I am not well versed oh, in in the arena about it. In the arena of of athletics, so yeah. Uh, I it was not a a, a podcast that was uh something that I would have normally listened to. Did you decline it and then send them a private message explaining yourself? Uh, yes, of course. <laughs> Ever so politely, yeah. of which they blocked me. Um, no, no, I accepted it. Yeah. Um, and I think I listened to like a minute or so of it, but it was stuff that was completely foreign to me. You heard three different names, and you're like, I don't know I any heard, of these people. I heard the word parlay, and I checked out. Yeah. Oh. <laughs> <laughs> this was before I watched Uncut Gems, of course. Yes, yeah. Um, but yeah, <laughs> we, uh, you and I, I guess I should intro. I didn't really yeah, intro. No, did you're I? good. This is just how we do it. This is coffee shop. <laughs> it's get, it gets longer every single you just episode. just hop in here and just start talking, the, man. The intro just like gets pushed. Pretty soon, like the intro will be an hour into the episode. I was, it's going to turn into the outro. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> <laughs> it's just going to be us going and then, I'll, and that was Neon Crew. Uh, yep. Yeah. Uh, we'll my, have to play the intro and outro song yeah. back to back. The the outro song hits and it goes, just goes and then you hear my voice like distorted in the background like my name is kyle (laughs) welcome no uh for those joining us uh my name is kyle yeah and my name's mac i'm gonna be no i'm gonna be mac for today okay you switch it up every now and again you either go like your formal like full name mclean or you go like the shorthand mac and i'm glad that you at least keep mac sometimes because that's what i have on the website oh so people might not yeah i have mclean parker on there like for your full like title bio that people would do the man i don't know yeah but in like your your list of favorite movies of which big trouble in little china is one of them i i list your name as max favorite movies or some of max favorite movies what you run into is people that are like i don't know a mac i know a matt Mm. not mac yeah i'll say your name to other people and they'll get you confused with someone else like oh you mean max and i'm like no not max mac or matt and no no mac think of mcdonald's that's why the mcc man Mm -hmm. i mean like not to get mixed up with the mcu but i mean like it's right there or the community college Ooh. Yes. Even more. That's even popular. more local and niche. Yes. For you people listening in California. <laughs> I I uh I was looking at the analytics one day on Spotify. Yeah. And like every now and again I'll get like a little sliver of a percent where it just says it's from like Switzerland. Oh. Or like Denmark. Hey. I'm like, what is this all about? Is there someone actually listening to us in these <laughs> European countries that <laughs> You know, I've probably never even like. <laughs> if you are, yeah, shout us out. Yeah, Let yeah. Us know when you pop us on, shout shout us out in uh, the Swiss language. Oh, that'd be dope. Yeah, that'd be cool. I'd like to hear that. Um, yeah, one day shooting for the stars. One day. Um, speaking of of one day, one day. Uh, 
Henry Styles. Bru- Bruce Wayne was was leaving oh. a movie theater with his parents when they got murdered. The Batman. Ah, <laughs> yes. One uh, <laughs> one fun thing to think about is uh, what was the last movie that the Wayne family saw together before they were broken up? It's funny because I saw a theory on I think it was Reddit. I always go I I go on Reddit way too much. But okay. It was um, they deduced that based on the age that. Batman, Bruce Wayne's character is supposed to be in the movie. They right. they like subtracted by like when his parents get murdered, so like when the year takes place. Yep. And they figured out that there is a high possibility that uh they could have been leaving the theater after seeing Shrek 2. Shrek 2. Yeah. <laughs> and now that's why Shrek is all over Netflix. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. Award-winning films. I saw it in the award-winning winning films category. I the, can't, the Shrek movies. I can't wait until uh Shrek Shrek is a spinoff on HBO Max with the Penguin. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Uh, Peacemaker. <laughs> yeah. Mm-hmm. Uh, oh. They, they, Mike, Mike Myers, man. They bring him back. Dude, I'm telling. I mean, I. It's probably. It's someone's gonna come out with it. Actually, no. It's gonna go on forever. There's no annoying because of no. Who created Batman? That wasn't Stan Lee, was it? It was Bob Kane. No, Stan Bob, Lee was Marvel. Yeah, that's what I'm saying. So Bob, I didn't. Well, <clears throat> anyways. So yeah. Bob, maybe Bob knows. Maybe is Bob still alive? Of course. We don't know. In this universe, I guess it's different. Yeah. But because um, Bob made those movie or comics a long time ago. Yes. Yes. Uh Batman's a pretty long spanning comic series. Batman's yeah. super popular. I guess um I guess my question for you is like, are you like a, a Batman fan? A lot of people like they they'll list him as like their number one hero. No. Mm. No. I never growing up I never was into comics. So I didn't, you know, I just appreciated them for for the actiony stuff. Yeah, I, um, I'm I'm kind of in the same boat as you. You know, so I never, I, I, if I had to pick one, I don't. Maybe the Wolverine. Okay. Yeah, uh, I would not. I don't even know if I have a favorite superhero. Honestly, for the long time it was the Hulk. So when oh yeah, when Ang Lee's Hulk came out when I was eight years old. I was all over that. Destroyed shit. you. Yeah, I I for third grade I had Hulk hands. And uh, for Halloween, I had like a Hulk costume with the Hulk hands. And oh it was, my god! It was pretty dope. Yeah, one of the best costumes. Yeah, um, Sam. Uh, I don't want to name drop someone I know. Uh, dressed up as a Hulk for St. Patty's Day. Oh, yeah, thematic. Yeah, it was very. It was cool. <laughs> yeah, did the whole green. They looked like uh, Ferrigno. Yeah, St. Patty's Day is next week. Is he going to do it again? I doubt it. He has more responsibilities. Not much more, nah. but a couple. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> Right? Back yeah, burner. Fuck. <laughs> They're not as important. <laughs> no, man. St. Patty's Day happens only once a year. Responsibilities are every hour. Yes, yes. You know what I'm saying? You can put them on the back burner. Exactly. Um, speaking of back burner. Oh. Um, what the fuck was on the back of Batman's vehicle? Am I right? Exactly. Whoa. Burning away. Uh, the thrusters. Uh, so, yeah, I guess we can get into our discussions for um, yeah. The Batman, yeah, 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 which yeah. you and I both saw together. We did. Our second outing at the at the movies. One of these, well, I'd say one of these times I'll have to do a live pod during a movie, but that probably won't go over well. And yeah. copyright laws. Copyright laws, pr- uh, piracy laws, you know. Oh, that, shit. You know, Warner Brothers might not you take too kindly to that. You know what destroyed America? Regulations. Copyright. That, too. Honestly, though, copyright is kind of a... It's kind of a bullshit thing sometimes. Yeah. Because it was only meant to last, I think, like a certain amount of years, like eight years or something. And mm-hmm. then Disney 
like kept pushing for like more and more laws to be enacted so now like copyright can last for as long as like 200 years or some shit like that like it's crazy what if walt disney came back from the future i thought you were gonna say from the dead build up his empire and he knew about freezing cryogenically freezing yourself Mm. and that's why he's doing it yes uh i feel like that would create a time loop but i'm not sure i'd have to ask shane carruth but he got canceled so i can't is is that is that looper no that's um primer yeah he actually he helped write the timeline in looper oh okay and he did the uh oh my god the color of Upstream color. Upstream color. I haven't seen that one yet. Um, I have not either. Yeah, but he he was brought on to help out with the time with Looper. So, anyways, mm. we're anyways, both on anyways. the same page. Yeah, 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 yeah. 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 Um, so Walt Disney's <laughs> a fucking time traveler. Yeah, we don't have to get uh, stuck on copyright too much, but okay. yeah, we we saw it in theaters together. Yeah, I was really worried because there was this couple that brought a baby into the movie oh you had the same thought yes i okay. had the same exact thought this baby's gonna fucking cry throughout the whole thing and i'm gonna be pissed that wasn't even you know what that was number two on the list number one was the uh the chick sitting behind the us. people laughing behind us at inappropriate times I during the call film it inappropriate it was like it, one they of those, killed the tension for me <laughs> i well that's why i kind of got to that point where i was like oh this is the nervous laughter like when you don't know how to feel or you're 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 anxious you know, you kind of fill that space with the weird jokes or the ha 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 Yeah. You know? So I was like, oh, this is what they're going to do every time something kind of pops yeah. up. Anytime something tension built. Yeah. Anytime something slightly uncomfortable happened, they yeah. would always like audibly laugh. And I just thought it was them like making fun of what was happening. They could. I mean, they. But I, I don't know. I, I would. Either way, it, it was annoying and kind of rude. And I, I, there was a couple times where, like, I'll do this thing. If people in the theater are pissing me off for some reason, I'll, like, look back and look at them for a second. Yeah. And then my hope is that they'll make eye contact with me. And then hopefully they'll get the, the you know, visual message yeah. of, of me wanting to send them Menacing. down the seats with with a with a hearty thrust. Yeah. Um, and that they'll they'll stop their shenanigans. But I feel like that has, has failed more often than not i think what happens is because you're at that point it's like it's supposed to be quiet and they it's not it's they don't know how to handle their emotions so yeah. like you get into the then they got the higher ground so that just turns into them picking on us especially yeah because i've heard stories too where like someone has spoken up in a movie like hey can you be quiet and then like for some reason everybody in the movie turns on them even though they're completely right I'm always terrified of that happening. It's like, okay, well, now everybody hates me, and I'm not going to get what I want. <laughs> no, I don't have. I really, I, I, they started doing it, and at first, I was like, we're gonna. I was like, we got these high school chicks in behind us, and then I kind of turned into, oh, they just, they don't know how to feel right now, and they don't, they can't. It, it's like if you're watching a movie with your parents, and the, a sex scene pops on, it's like. I should probably start talking or laughing or yeah. maybe get up and go somewhere. I was going to say, that's when I usually go to the fridge and spend a long time looking for a cheese stick. Black swan. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Yeah. A cheese stick. <laughs> <laughs> I 
Yeah, Black Swan opened up, and all of a sudden, it was me and my mom watching it, and then all of a sudden, Mila Kunis starts going down on Natalie Portman. I was like, whoa! And it sucks. I was like, it's girl on girl, so I want to see what's going on. So I went to the <laughs> kitchen, but I looked out from the hall, like the doorway. Yeah, but your your mom is also there, so you don't want her knowing that you're looking from down the hall. Yeah, well, it wasn't like how the anyways how the room set up. It's very easy where you could open it up and act like you're fidgeting and still kind of watching like what's happening. Mm. So, uh, but yeah, 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 I think that's just, I think that's what it is. So it really aided me. And then there was a couple times where I started guessing when they would shut up because obviously what was happening was engrossing them you know so uh, and i was actually right a couple times on a couple scenes where I, I was like i don't think they're gonna say anything yeah you you predicted it yeah yeah no i was way more worried about the baby which thank god it like for the most part stayed calm i think that was probably number three on annoyances in the theater yeah there there were a couple times where i could still hear it but it wasn't like it was more just like general baby sounds you know like <laughs> you know like the goo goo gaga stuff yeah the goo goo yeah, gaga yeah, yeah, stuff yeah. you know it wasn't like full-on having a having I mean, a tantrum and i'm not here to judge but i thought it was a weird movie to bring a baby to oh but of course you know they're not gonna i mean it's a blank sheet like so. well it's not even like a movie that i would think you could bring your five-year-old to because unlike spider-man i feel like spider-man no way home it's a good comparison like you can bring your your kid to spider-man no way home and they'll right. get enjoyment out of it this movie, the way it's paced and the way that it portrays the character of Batman being like more of a noir detective style sort of thing, I feel like kids would just get bored with it. Oh, you know? 100%. Minute, and, yes. So and I guess it's the, you know, it's fair if you're like not expecting it to be that way. Well, it, for a kid, yeah. We don't need to dive in. We, we don't need to dive yeah, in. Yeah, yeah, I'm anyway. with that. Yeah, so we both thought it was odd and that the people behind us were annoying. But it didn't ruin the enjoyment of the film for me. So, And I still had my thoughts. And I don't think, I mean, I don't at any point, I don't think it was ever deterred with what was happening in the crowd. Yeah, that's that's good. I'm, so, I'm glad. Um, so this movie is directed by Matt Reeves, stars Robert Pattinson, and is about pretty much the first two years of Bruce Wayne being... Batman being the vigilante um you know they they don't really go into the origin story of like him his parents getting killed you know you don't see that in the movie so you start out pretty much right away with like him being new to sort of like the Batman uh mantle and uh in this movie he has to deal with characters like the Riddler um Catwoman Selena Kyle you know and uh the Penguin and uh just the entire corruption of Gotham City and how uh, part of him struggles with trying to find the reasoning to keep doing what he's doing, but he has to power through and sort of become a sort of symbol of vengeance and justice uh, for the city of Gotham. And that's pretty much the movie. So I guess what did you think of it? So what did I think of the Batman? Mm-hmm. Um, you know, I liked it. I, I liked it. Um, I'll hold off on the grade until we get to that because that's typically what we do. Right. Um, ch- kind of coming in impartially, if you will, saying, "All right, I gotta, I gotta forget what's happened with Nolan." Because I, I made the mistake with Batman Begins, mm-hmm. and I was like, "If this is like the Michael Keaton shit or George Clooney cartoon, like this is gonna be, I don't want to watch it." And then, thankfully, I went and saw it in theaters. I was like, "Wow, that just redid the whole." perspective on batman you put him in this different universe and it's a little bit they 
it's funny too because you 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 think that that's dark and then you get to this one and you're like holy shit not not even lighting just the noir aspect yeah, of it just like the tone yeah the fucking nirvana song going on the whole time dude it, so i mean um <laughs> so i i kind i came in and i i i think what happened to me was that it was mismarketed i'll continue to say that i can yeah i can understand that yeah I mean, like, I, I think we talked about it, but, like, I went, it's very good. I will say this. It's very good that they they lead you in right away with the the murder, mm-hmm. and you you see him on the scene. Because at, at that, like, right then and there, I was like, I wonder if this is going to be like this. Like, that thought popped into my head. I was kind of waiting to see, all right, is it going to be like the Nolan Batman, or is it going to be this new detective you know noir aspect where he's gotta help out because you don't really know because in the in the nolan one he did help out with the police i mean Mm -hmm. he would show up you know and they kind of had the same reaction but then there's a lot of cutaway scenes with him and his personal life and like what's going on with his kind of turmoil inside and this one just went completely detective mode which i thought Mm -hmm. was i i like that i mean i've some of the comic books that i've i've read or i've i've like perused um he was a detective yeah and uh i think that's what a lot of people really like about this movie too and it's certainly something that i like so i i think i'm on the same boat as you is that i i like this movie quite yeah. a bit obviously there are some things with it that i had issues with but we can get into it later yeah yeah, yeah. um we'll start out with the positives let's keep like like thinking good vibes on this good thing. vibes like, man let's keep, like, like keep thinking about what we enjoy yeah let's just keep this fresh and leveled up you know we can't bring it down quite yet i'm telling you um my armpits are so sweaty (laughs) i'm i'm roasting i'm i'm roasting but i'm not roasting this movie oh oh so uh there's a a fucking (laughs) there's a bong in the background (laughs) (laughs) i was about to say i'm not roasting this joint dog yeah man (laughs) uh so i i I liked where I liked I liked that the story held true. I thought that they had great cinematography and the characters were somewhat well done. I don't want to some of the characters I did like. Some of them were a little cartoony and some of them I didn't buy into. Okay, um, yeah, we'll uh, yeah we'll get into that. But cinematography wise, and the action sequences that do happen, I thought were outstanding. Yeah, no, that's like a big positive of mine too. Is like the action scenes and. It's not an action movie. No, like it's no, no, it's no, definitely no, no, not no. like a Marvel movie in terms of okay, there's action happening like every fifteen minutes. Well, you and know? that's where I think the marketing fucked up because I we talked about it. I was like all of the action scenes in this film are in the trailer. Yeah, yeah. That that was the first thing that you said right after the movie was done. Yeah. You're like, I think all the action scenes were in the trailer for this film. And that's what I'm saying. Like, I don't do you think that they were afraid? to market this as like or do you think they were like we're gonna catch everyone off guard i think i think they were they were they're obviously they're trying to sell tickets yeah and they're trying to get asses in seats so right. they're going to put the most appealing parts in the trailer and the parts where batman is standing there talking to gordon in the room with a bunch of police officers around is probably not the most visually pleasing in terms of trying to market a movie 100 percent. you know they they were thinking we're we're gonna get people to probably reminisce about the Christopher Nolan Batman days. And yep. we're going to just show all them like most exciting parts of this movie. Not that the noir, you know, detective parts weren't exciting or right. weren't interesting, but 
obviously when you're marketing a movie, you want to put the most for sure visually, you know, I'm stimulating parts in. I'm not, and I don't discredit that. I, I, it's, I mean, it's how you get asses and seats. I just think that um, I've seen a couple films now, like Dune is one that I talk about too, where I had no idea that that was the first of a plan three, and they probably don't market it as one of three because they're still trying to get funding for two and three. I think it's, uh, I think it's only one of two. I think. There, so that's what I'm saying. Yeah, so yeah. Like, but, but your point but, still stands. Yeah, <laughs> like it's. It. I think there's been some mismarketing that that happens, and as for me at least, it detracts because I have I build up kind of this other expectation. Mm-hmm. Now, granted, if it's well done and both like Dune was well done, I like Dune. Mm-hmm. You know, um, not as not as not nearly as much as I like this one. Um, and not to say that this is like fucking over the top, but. Um, you know, I think the mismarketing element is what where you get a lot of this reaction at because you're yeah. conditioned to think that it's going to be one thing, and then all of a sudden, Matt Reeves pulls a fucking chair out, yeah, and yeah. he's just pointing and laughing at you, and then it's just like, if you have the the balls to get up and go, that was a good one, yeah, that's I can, a good prank, yeah, I can know. easily see people going into this movie expecting that sort of thing and then being disappointed yeah. by the end product, I think, like people who. Like, not to generalize, but, like, general audiences who would give Uncharted a 90% on Rotten Tomatoes, they would go into this movie, having watched the trailer, amped up to go see Robert Pattinson beat some ass, and then come out of the movie thinking that the movie was not very good because it's him talking to police officers, like, 70% of the time. Well, I mean, it's just a a noir film. I mean, it's the best. I mean, it's a detective noir film, and it's Mm -hmm. the best. They do a really good job. Like, that's why I really like it. Yeah. Because they... It, you know, like if it kind of had so I hear a lot of seven. I had like a lot of like the Watchmen. Like I felt like with Rorschach's journals and his diary mm-hmm. and the conflicting thoughts and the psychology behind it. I was like, this reminds me a lot of the Watchmen, where you're living in this in this in this underworld, the belly of the underworld, and you got people that are yeah. trying to do the right thing that aren't necessarily super powerful, right? Or, you know it yeah it reminded me of that too when he said specifically the line that the sea, the city is eating itself yeah right at the right at the very the exposition right, right where they then, then we get into the bat cave with him yeah right yeah. at the beginning which yeah. i like i like the fact that there's like bookend narration like there's narration mm-hmm. at the beginning and the end um and nowhere else in between like they just let the story play it for itself yeah out in front of you naturally you know you don't need any narration like in the middle of it to explain anything you know, it's not like you're watching. <laughs> no, uh, and it's it. Yeah, they're not feeding it to you through the lines of dialogue. Yeah, yeah. You don't um, need to know. You don't have to hear it halfway through the film. Pattinson get back on and start explaining why he's upset about what he's learning. Right. You it's know? it's purely just to take us through the thoughts of the character. Yeah. Which I which I enjoy. Well, and they it's setting up the character. So because and I think so. I mean. Well, and the next thought's going to be, what do you think of Pattinson? Because it, this is a whole different Batman. Mm-hmm. And from kind of, you know, uh, through some reading, I, I I didn't like it at first. I'll say that. I didn't like him at first. And then after some reading, and I was like, all right, I think they actually nailed, if that's what Reeves was going for, I mean, and this is what we have to expect, you're getting kind of a 180 yeah. on the Batman character, which when you start talking about different universes and us living in different, you know, things happening in different you know spans of time i thought it was i i like i appreciated him a little bit more not mm-hmm. to say that it made it any any more fun right but and the dialogue at the beginning certainly helps out for you to understand this is not playboy bruce wayne 
He's not going to go and buy bars and, you know. Yeah, no, it's funny that you say that about, like, him having that Bruce Wayne, uh, you know, Batman persona not really being there. Because, like, that was a big criticism of people, like, that people had with this movie. Is that him as Bruce Wayne was not really any different from him being Batman, you know, personality rise. Right, right. He was just kind of like the same brooding kind of emo sort of yeah listens to nirvana all the time batman but i kind of like that they did that because you know it is established in the movie that he's still pretty new to being batman you know he's only been doing it for two years um and he's still like fairly young he's like a younger sort of bruce wayne you know it's robert pattinson he's kind of a pretty boy but um he it, it makes sense because you know, he's still figuring that part of himself out. You know, he, he, you know, is still like in doubts of like why he's doing what he's doing for the city of Gotham because to him, it only feels like it's getting worse, but he like keeps pushing through. Right. Despite, despite like how, despite like what his gut's telling him. I a hundred percent. And that, I, that, and, um, the, one of the aspects I like that I read up on was uh, the director saying, you know, we 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 know Batman as this ass-kicking playboy that has a bunch of money and a mm-hmm. bunch of, you know, the pieces of equipment by his side he can do whatever he wants. He said, you know, I wanted to take the other side of him, the one that actually, you know, dive into he saw his parents murdered. He yes. has his PTSD, and then his actions, he isn't sure why he's acting um are doing these things uh based on his emotions yeah and he, he you know he, it's not like he went and saw a therapist about all this shit all of a sudden he just no you know like he, he, he only has alfred and alfred even makes a point like you haven't you haven't like made a public appearance in like a year or something like that yeah like he's he they they even there's a line by one of the characters that says he's like the second most reclusive person in Gotham City. You know, he doesn't make public appearances. He doesn't go out or take care of like the Wayne Enterprise as Bruce yeah. Wayne. You know, he he's solely just acting on on Batman because really that's who he is. And that's what I mean, it's what it, he he feels that it's what's right for him to do for his family's name. Mm-hmm. And that's what his dad would have did. So he's kind of carrying on that legacy, of, you know, of the Waynes, and that's what it, it fighting the, I mean, the injustices of the world. I mean, and they don't even really touch on like, well, they kind of dive into who who did it, who who took him out, and why. But you never get that for sure answer. I yeah, would say. it's it's never confirmed, right? But you have suspicions, and that's why you also see why he he does what he does. I mean, it's you know, obviously, um, to take you know, fighting injustice. <laughs> I do like that he's vengeance. Yeah. I did like that. I mean, you know. That's like a whole, that's like the running sort of, one of the running themes throughout the entire movie is that well, he, he pretty much reminded like. reminded every time Zoe fucking Kravitz is on the scene. Right. Yeah. And I thought it was kind of a fun nickname to have, but it's also one of those things where it's like, uh, we're going to keep reminding you that Bruce Wayne still doesn't know right from wrong. Yeah. Yeah. I'm vengeance. Yeah. Instead of, as opposed to justice, which is, you know, something that he learns pretty much not until like the end of the movie yes um I, yeah i thought the i thought the acting was really good for uh most everything there was like one thing i thought was a little weird but i'll get into it after all the positives so like oh yeah robert Pattinson, great i like yep. zoe kravitz as selena kyle um paul is dano she- as the riddler i know some people can be a little mixed on him but i enjoyed I him he was fantastic i was really annoyed when people like the people behind us every time he had to talk i was like 
he does a great kind of spooky, you know, yeah. mentally challenge. Not mentally challenged, but you know, a, a guy. Once again, how mental health has affected someone. Yeah, right. Like throughout the movie, his character genuinely thought that he was teaming up with Batman. Yes, to take these people down. And then when he finds out that that was not the case, his entire worldview is crushed, basically. Um, and you can see like the mental wheels like turning in his head of that realization like his face becomes contorted and he just becomes more and more like kind of a child in a way well like, this was his hero he wanted you know he was given Bruce Wayne shit but you know deep down inside he wanted to be Bruce Wayne all those kids wanted to be Bruce Wayne mm-hmm. you know and I, I liked his uh, I liked his outfit too and especially oh, how it like played in later with the movie with like yeah. all the different people dressing up as him at the stadium when the city floods i thought that was really good so yeah. i thought that was a great fucking even that was a great i great idea yeah i i really the the whole climax of the movie i really enjoyed um so yeah i guess that's where we might differ oh yeah yeah um okay but i have different it was i had certain things that annoyed me Okay. Not necessarily, and after some reading, not it, necessarily it, like the entirety of it. No, it was just the the the, uh, yeah. Oh, we can get into it. Um, so what did you like? What kind of things that, well, stood out I, to so you? So we got him. Oh my god, we got him swinging right, and he's doing all his shit. He takes a shotgun to the chest, which we're like we have to, I guess, make it as real as it could to maybe the Batman's going down because in this whole thing. You don't have the se- which this is what I like. Mm-hmm. You don't have the sense that he's invisible. Obviously, you got the bullets ricocheting and all this stuff and that, right? They yeah. do it. They do it where it's like you're gonna know that he can. But the fighting sequences are so freaking fast and um, brute fighting is what I would just. That's what I think about. Like yeah. it, with with um, Nolan's Batman, he'll take down. 30 dudes and it's just boom 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 you know with this one it's like eight dudes but you really get the sense of like all right he's doing like he's got it's one parry one punch you know get him on the ground then i gotta kick him again it's a lot it felt more guerrilla style fighting than with like then choreographed and like how i felt with the nolan one right it was a little more messy yes exactly so you feel that he's more human that this isn't just a force going through you, but someone that's actually having to, you know, adjust to the environment around him. Mm-hmm. Okay, so then in the ending, he takes the thing, and, and Kravitz comes up, and I think they're talking, and she doesn't know, and then he, someone's about to die. I don't remember if it was her or whatever. And yeah, she's like getting choked out yeah, by like and the he last remaining. Takes dude. that green vial and yeah, which and, I assume is adrenaline. So something. I that's that's what I okay great like let's just fucking throw it in here like he's just got adrenaline that it, I, I don't know if it, maybe adrenaline does that to you when you're on your last breath and then you just inject it and all of a sudden you're healthy again like I it felt so video gamey to me <laughs> yeah you know what I'm saying like adrenaline to like Logan the reason why I liked Logan is he takes that fucking shot right have you seen Logan I have not oh man. so don't okay. don't spoil anything uh, i'll wait uh, I'll i'm sure wait, a lot I'll... of people listening have not seen that movie also um so we'll, <laughs> well i don't know oh maybe i don't know i can't speak i mean i guess you were probably like 10 when i well no no i was i was of the right age i would say i just i was never into x-men so i never oh, dude it's another noir it's another i know but like it's weird because going off on uh, a little right. bit of a tangent yeah. like the x-men franchise is so inconsistent like there are movies that are great in it and then there are movies that are just complete dog shit. But you can see. I mean, you watch the trailer. I mean, 
I won't. I know, I know, I know. So I need to watch I, it. A, I'll watch it one day. A, you'll see it. You'll and you'll know what I'm talking about. This one felt so. But then I read up on it, and there's there's a theory that it's um, Bane's venom. So oh, okay. what Bane uses? So Tom Hardy and and Dark Knight Rises, he just had a mask that gave him the power, right? But I'm yeah. pretty sure in the comic books, Bane has a serum that gives him that superhuman strength. Okay, and the theory is that that green vial is what Batman took from Bane. If he took Bane out or had to, you know, mass produce the serum, and it gave him that extra strength of that, you know, that extra human life, if you will. Yeah. Um. There was. I saw this movie the first time with Gideon, and he said mm-hmm. that he like one of his criticisms was he'd wish they had foreshadowed that serum earlier in the film for sure just so that they and i you know i agree with them not that it like bothered me a whole lot because like i you know i like the scene i enjoyed what what happened and like what it right what it meant and what it was going for like i don't think it bothered me as much as it did maybe you or him but you know i can i can definitely see how that would be like a I, valid like okay i wish they had done this before well it what, like he said, foreshadowing, or don't have don't have him on near death. Yeah, or we, yeah, we, don't. We as an audience member, it. I don't have to think like, oh, this is because I know he's not gonna die. Uh-huh. Like, you know what I'm saying? Like, I, it felt it felt like the producers had a little bit of a say right there at the end because there was a couple other things too, and I wish I could remember exactly what was going on, maybe with the guns or or, or the foul play that was occurring. But like the producers were like, all right, Matt. We got all these people here. This is the scene. Like, let us take over. We know how to talk to the mass audience. You <laughs> yeah. know, like you're a little too psychological right now, and this is so. Let's get a little bit of you know. He's gonna die. The love interest is here. He sees her. God, he's oozing as a vengeance, as a passion. Yeah, we got it. And you know, there was um. I think one of the other things you might be alluding to, and I, I remembered it being something that that I watched while it was going on. I was like. Eh, that wasn't necessary. Was when like the electrical box was dangling That's over it. the water. That was it. Yep. And he 100%. he like goes and he like has to sever it with like his little bat yeah batarang or whatever yeah. that's like on his chest all right well whatever he does after hours no one doesn't know <laughs> but he does that and the way they shoot it it makes it look like he's going to die doing that like he's sacrificing himself a little bit yeah and then like he falls in the water and then like a second later he comes up and he's completely fine it's like okay you could have had him do that maybe not that way where it looks like the movie's gonna kill him off because that felt a little too cheesy but not only i see i had more of a problem with that than i did with the adrenaline no both of those though that's exactly what i was talking about too Mm because that that there was those are two unnecessary scenes in my opinion or at least scenarios that don't need to be in that film because they add nothing yeah and what is already happening right in the Mm -hmm. city if he if they would have ended it take out that electrical box and he just has to dive into the water from that height you know he's not surviving. I mean, the nice thing is in this one too, you kind of have a feeling like he is more human than what uh, Christian Bale was. Yeah. Um, he could. It's like I got to dive in the water from a hundred feet up. I don't know if I'm going to survive this, and I have to go save those people over by the rocks. Like, I would have been more of like, oh shit, like here we go. Mm-hmm. Like I know he's not going to die, but it's the same token. Like maybe this is another one of those things where he's just got to. You know, my body, it's more of what I can do for these people than what my body, my body's willing to sacrifice. Yeah, yeah. You know? And the electrical box is just like, 
I don't know. And it feels kind of lame. Like, dude, like it, I was all I, when I saw yeah, that I thing, agree. I was like thinking about the toaster in the water. Yeah, yeah. Like, I just saw that and I was like, is this what we're going for? Right. Like, this feels yeah. so 90s right now. Brave little toaster. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> it's like... <laughs> no, I completely get that. I, I definitely had an issue with it, especially more so the second time watching because I saw this movie two times. Yeah. And uh, that one stood out to me a little more as like, all right, that... That was kind of corny. I didn't really, I wasn't really latching on to that scene the that, way they wanted me to. That was why I think, the, I, to me at least, it felt like the producers had more to say with the ending. I think everything leading up to that, yeah, they were like, you you got this. And then they got there and they're like, let's not have him almost die once, but twice. Yeah. <laughs> let's have double fake outs. Yeah. <laughs> Audiences love that when we treat them like they're stupid. Yeah. <laughs> um, Man. It, you know, I might be stupid, but I don't like to be treated that way. That's what I'm saying, dude. Warner There's, Brothers. Yeah. Well, they... Making me sit through you know Matrix that they 4. Had, uh, they had... We don't talk about that one. Uh, <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> they had to have that. So, I mean, I think that was... Um, in terms of uh, the ending, I, but I really did like the scenario that they were put in. So, I actually disagree, too, on the, the Riddler side. I think that he knew what the Batman was going to do. I because he had all that set up prior to that conversation with Batman. You knew what he was gonna do, but he didn't know that the Batman wouldn't like he 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 didn't know that he would rebuke him the way that he did. You don't think so? Like you don't think? Well, then I don't why think would he? So. Why would he have then he that has, all like, a full set? mental breakdown? Well, why would he have all that set up then? Because he he's a good like manipulator. He's a good because uh, he knew that Batman was going to do those things in order to find him. But he didn't right. necessarily know that it was from the perspective of, oh, I've got to find Riddler and put him away. You know, he thought it was more from the perspective of, oh, Batman and I are working together. And so I'm going to like leave these little like clues so that Batman can figure it out and like do the things that I want him to do. Sure. That was kind of like more of like but that, yeah. where I thought it was coming Maybe from. Maybe I'll play on the. Maybe on the bad half that he was playing on the vengeance side, the vengeance of taking down the city. Yeah, and maybe that's why he would have turned a blind eye when the Riddler, like, because the the Riddler says like you've inspired me, like he says well, that. To I mean, him, like, I know what he talks about, but and I know that they get into that argument, but it, it like I'm he okay. The reason why I had an issue with it, he had it all planned out. Mm -hmm. He's taken down the city, so Batman comes in there and says. You know what? We are a team. It's not like he cancels all that. Like, it's going on. <laughs> yeah, no, it's still happening. You know what I'm saying? So, like, for him to play it off, and that's maybe where I, I can kind of see where maybe they were, it's, if you're if you're thinking, if Batman's flipping a coin right now and he's going to land on justice or vengeance, the Riddler obviously flipped it and said vengeance. Mm -hmm. And he thought that, I mean, that was, like, the only thing that I could kind of get on board with. So, I didn't have a problem with it. I thought that I when he did the whole thing with the no, 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 I thought it was just, like, really good, like... Um. All right. You know, like I thought maybe there might be a chance, but I'm doing this anyways. <laughs> like you know, you think you're gonna team? I don't know. It it felt. I actually liked it because like when he did all that, I was like, oh, it's this one last fuck you to Batman. Like mm. you know, I yeah. knew that this wasn't gonna happen. There was a slim shot it could, but I'm still taking down the fucking city. Yeah. So yeah. I actually like I still liked it. Mm. You know, and I thought and. The atomic bomb. Like, hey, we got an atomic bomb. Let's just fight over the Atlantic Ocean and, you know, however it goes. Like, 
Are you talking about the vans that go off? When the Dark Knight Rises, you know, like, oh. it, like we're taking down the city. Like it, it okay, gotcha. it, it seems like the most lazy way of stopping that. Like, right, right, you know. <laughs> in this one, it's like I'm gonna destroy all the break walls. I'm gonna flood the city, and we're gonna, you know, and yeah. then I'm gonna kill the mayor who promises nothing but lies. And then, mm-hmm. he, true shit, he gets almost there. Yeah, I was gonna say, like, other than the mayor getting killed. His plan works. That's what I and that's what I appreciate. He he basically wins at the end, you know. <laughs> as close as you could. I mean, he's, yeah. I mean, as close as you could, because I mean, there's still and then there's still stuff to clean up, and I, I guess that's kind of why I like the the Gotham. In, uh, another thing I liked Gotham in this was fucking spectacular. I yeah, I loved the, the city, the like world just Gotham. that we're in. It felt so separated from everywhere else. You're like, it, you're in Gotham, like yeah. you actually feel like like it didn't feel like there was a world outside of it. That's what yes, and it's not. So in the other ones, like so, I mean, like in the ones with Michael Keaton and Val Kilmer and George Clooney, they made Gotham so cartoony, and you're mm-hmm. living in like Disney crime land. You yeah. know, where it's like, have you ever seen Batman and Robin with Schwarzenegger? I, you know, I haven't, but I have an idea of it. It is so, dude, you think you do, and wait till you turn it on. It looks like if Space Jam came to life when they go to Monster Mountain. <laughs> oh, it's my God. It's so, cart- right? And then in the one with Bale, they focus, it's so heavy centered on Batman and, you know, him, him trying to do the right thing. Mm-hmm. And Gotham is just kind of like you're almost like in you're like in New York City. You yeah, just it just feel, feels kind of like a city, like a generic sort of yeah. Like, like things go on. I know when Batman Begins, they try to do the, the things are worse now than ever, but you never really because everywhere you're at, it's always following Playboy Bruce Wayne. So you you see the luxurious style of it. You never really get to see that kind of crime underbelly. Mm-hmm. A little here and there when they meet up in a cafeteria to go over business, but this one there was a grime to this. To oh this Gotham, my God, and how dark it was. It was a little. It reminded me of, and obviously they're you know same same production company, but you know it reminded me of how they portrayed Gotham in Joker. You know, Gotham in that oh, movie yeah, too yeah, was yeah. like pretty much like the same tone. It mm-hmm. was just very grimy, crime riddled, just really dirty. And yeah, like got under your skin, like every single corner of the city, I mean, you... aside from like a few like rich elite spaces, was like just really filthy. Yep, and that's how this movie felt too. A hundred percent. I loved. It. I mean, I, yeah. I, they, like, I, they made Gotham into like. I mean, they had politics. They had crime. They had you know fucking um, uh, syndicated crime. You had the drug smuggling going on. I mm. mean, all of it. You Absolutely. know, and they, police and, corruption. Yeah, and and. The one thing that I didn't like about the Nolan ones is that he kept talking about like I don't know who to trust, I don't know who to, trust. but and they never make the police bad, right? Mm-hmm. Like you, there's always like maybe one or two. You're know, like, all right, like uh. yeah, no. In this movie, like half the fucking cops are corrupt. He doesn't talk to any of them, <laughs> any of them except for Gordon. That's and that's how it should be. Mm-hmm. Like, yeah, <laughs> you know what? I, and Gordon's like, all right, like I got, I gotta keep cool with everyone over here, or else they're gonna get me. Mm-hmm. And obviously, I got the Batman that no one trusts over here that can help me out. Mm-hmm. You know, I mean, he, they're using each other as resources and tools, but you definitely have that sense that like you can't trust. And he didn't talk to any of the policemen. No, you know, Mm-mm. not one. Just only to Gordon. And it's and I was like, and it's not like a level of respect thing. 
It's not like he's like, oh, yeah, I'm Bruce Wayne. I have a billion dollars. Fuck all you guys. Like, <laughs> yeah. I'm just using Gordon. Like, it was like, if I tell one of these fuckers something, like, God knows what's going to happen yeah. next. Things are only going to get worse. Yeah. And that's something, you know, another big praise I have for this movie is the tone. Like, oh, yeah. Just, you know, along with what you were talking about with, like, the themes and, like, the city itself of Gotham. Like, just the tone, the atmosphere, just, like, the dark, broody nature of it, how emo his character is throughout the entire thing. Like, I, you know, it can easily come across as, like, cheesy and corny. You know, yes. oh, hot topic Bruce Wayne, you know. But I think they did it in a really effective way that didn't come across as, like, goofy or ridiculous, you know. It's, I, I think what the issue is is that people have a hard time so if you're like you know if you were like emo mm-hmm. people have a hard time if you're not like that identifying yeah you know so it's and i think it plays both ways because i know you know from my from my aspect i was like a jock in high school you know where what? you were nah, say it ain't so uh People could easily make fun of me and just go, you know, like, look, I'm fucking, you know, football. And then, like, you could, like, conversely go to the, like, oh, man, I'm so sad. I just want to fucking, you know, go throw a toaster in Madison Square Garden. I only listen to Friedrich Nietzsche and listen to, (laughs) I only listen to Have a Nice Life over and over again. So, like, I think what it is is people have a hard time with that perspective mm-hmm. and so like i i, I don't want to come off and say it was this way or that i just that how patented did it is kind of how i'd see it and if that's how i see it it's designed more for a mass audience or a general audience because mm-hmm. i can't relate to that you know so if, if i'm looking at the if i'm looking at the 10 percent over here and i can somewhat like get on board with it they're not hitting the ten percent. They're just showing a, the one percent of that ten percent. So mm-hmm. I think that's where some of the polarization comes from on how Pattinson did it. It's because people can't relate or yeah. identify or have that perspective. But for like you said, the tone of the film, the theme of the film, it sticks throughout. Yes, and it's very consistent. To have the balls to do that for three hours, yeah. I think it was like for me. I was like, all right, like that's like at there at no point. I think until like the very end when there's like a, a sunrise, like in the horizon. Like I don't think you see the sun throughout most of the entire movie. It's so funny. It's so dark and cloudy. Like during the day, even like oh dude. Well, the only time the funniest part was when he t- when he. It's like right in the beginning. They talk about him being nocturnal, mm-hmm. and Alfred opens up the blinds, and it is like even for me, I was like whoa yeah yeah and then he puts on the glasses and it kind of gets a little bit more dim Mm -hmm. and i was like i kind of like that like they're playing off like they're really conditioning us to being able to sit through this film and like have it through his perspective of being out and then like when the you know it gets a little bright out you're kind of like jesus it is yeah you know it's just kind of fun that you can have that kind of visual um you know the visual not aid but kind of stimulation yeah and throw it back at the audience and make mm. you feel like you're kind of walking through the shoes of a night's i don't want to call him a night stalker because that's richard ramirez but you know someone that takes down bad guys after dark yeah yeah it um it really like uh not not invigorates what's the word i'm looking for where it like sucks you in and uh you know like you feel like you're a part of the the universe you know what's the word i'm looking for cosmetic no it's it's like uh, immersed. There it is. Immersed. It really immerses you yeah. into into the the world of like Gotham. Gotham. Yeah, yeah. Indig- it makes you feel like Batman. 
yeah. <laughs> That's just a little little joke. Uh, <laughs> there's this there's this YouTuber. He like he made fun of like a bunch of people who reviewed the Arkham games, and because oh, like man, most don't... every single one of them when they reviewed that game, they said it makes you feel like Batman. And oh. uh, now that's like a little internet meme right there. But oh, nice. Well, I, I've 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 gotten a couple uh, on social media or uh, whatever you want to call it that have said Arkham, Arkham Asi- Asylum. Yeah, it's a which, good video game. We yeah, don't need to. I mean, they, yeah, we don't need to get into it. But it, the the fighting scenes, like yeah. kind of going back to that, it reminded me a little bit of how the combat in the Arkham games is because. The way the gameplay is in those games, like I've only played one of them, and yeah. I, I don't even think I beat it, um, just because like there was I, I was a little too hard, huh? I, I was playing a lot of games at the time, and that was not my <laughs> oh here they come top priority. Yeah, the excuses. <laughs> yeah. Uh oh, all aboard the excuse train. Yeah. Woo woo. Where's um, Captain Accountability? At? <laughs> oh no. <laughs> Looks like he's in the caboose. Hey, was that the your perseverance picture frame up there that you took down? Oh. <laughs> <laughs> where's the plaque <laughs> um yeah no it's like playing those games and like the combat in it if like i was gonna say it feels oh shit i, I almost did you um, immersed yourself in this world oh it feels like you're bad um no no it's it's very reminiscent of of how it plays out in the movie yeah like it's you can tell that matt reeves probably played those games and was inspired by the combat in those games <laughs> For the action scenes. I'm just imagining Matt Reeves right now getting baked, playing this in the dark. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> Listening like, to Nirvana. <laughs> what if Batman felt how I feel right now? Uh, okay. Speaking of Nirvana, my question for you oh, is, yeah. how did you feel about the use of the music in this movie? Because it wasn't super noticeable for me the first time, but I felt like the second time, um, for the most part, I enjoyed it. But I think there were a few scenes where it felt a little like stock music e so so like specifically the scene when he and catwoman are like riding it's like the end when they're riding yeah, away on their yeah, bikes yeah, and it's like to... it's like playing you that sort of like orchestral like oh you're supposed to feel this way Sweeping, music yeah yeah like i noticed it more the second time and it bugged me um way more than it did so the first time i think i told um our buddy that we went to see it with too. Uh, they have music throughout this fucking film. Mm-hmm. Like, so I think in the second or third scene, it might have been the murder. Like, I'm like, are they gonna keep just playing music? And then it did not stop. Yeah, it is in the <laughs> background. It is like sweeping. You got the orchestra. You're in a club. It's thumping. Like any, there's a chase single. And I told, I was like. The reason, personally, I think why they did it is because if you don't have that kind of the other added elements for for uh, you know your your cues, your senses going, yeah, you'll you will get lost mm-hmm. in this thing. You it will turn into a little bit more of a schlock, right? Yeah. So you have the music that kind of will keep you like if you're kind of drifting out, it's gonna be like it'll play, and then it's like oh yeah, I got I, this is a little mysterious, or like what are they looking for, or you know like. Oh yeah, he is pissed off, you know, or maybe he doesn't know what to think. So the music really aids to the story that's going on. But I think they had to play it. They, it's if you, and tell me if I'm wrong, but it is continuous. And I think when they, if you took it out and you just played this thing throughout, you would, it would be a little bit more. Um, yeah, 
No, I, I agree for sure. But I think like some of the music choices, like I thought didn't, it was... didn't really land for me. Like the like the scene I just said with the Catwoman oh, I could and not... him like riding together, Dude, like away. like oh, this is like. The murder scene. It's the third scene. He gets up and they're, they're they're playing music. There's an undertone right there with like things, and I'm like, you don't need to tell me that I need to be like feel a little in peril. Yeah, yeah. Like I don't need like there was there was a lot of instances in this movie where music would play and it would insist on you feeling a way that you are already feeling just because of the scene. Like you didn't really sure need the music in Zoe those Kravitz parts when they're going on about like when I had to go to the bathroom and they're talking. Like I'm pretty sure there was music swelling during that scene of like. You know, she's finally opening up and trusting you. So we're going to get some swelling music going. And you're going to feel the passion between these two. And it's it's becoming yeah. a little bit more than them being work buddies. It's going gonna, it's gonna to crescendo at the moment that they both kiss and embrace. Like, that, that's what I'm so... I, I, I like some of the styles that they chose. Mm-hmm. But yeah. there was so much of it. I couldn't pinpoint a time where I'm like, oh, that's good and that's bad. Because it's... Dude, it's there was there was a I lot of moments a, where like I enjoyed the music, like the Nirvana yeah. stuff going on, and also like the the main like Batman theme of like mm-hmm. the bum, 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 bum. like I liked that, but you know some of it just felt a little stock musicy to me. That's what I'm. I, they played it throughout, mm-hmm. so that's what I'm telling. I could yep. not my my biggest gripe, and as I, as I say, one of the things that just annoyed me with the film was just how much they had to play it, and they, they had to keep you as an audience member on your toes because they mismarketed this thing, <laughs> and if you don't tell someone they're going to watch three-hour Detective Batman, they're going to be like, what a... What the fuck you take me see? The guy we were with right there, if that music isn't going on the whole time, probably they, falls asleep. They turn to you, and they're like, yeah, what are you showing me? Yeah. yeah. Hey, come on <laughs> speaking, now. What is this? Speaking of um, Colin Farrell, <laughs> the penguin. I had no idea. I Honestly, I didn't know that was him. He, I, he was unrecognizable. Oh, my God. They I did ha- such a good job with him. I was looking up. I went to IMDb to look some stuff up, and I just saw Colin Farrell's in it. So I was like, when the fuck was he in this? Yeah, yeah. <laughs> They did. They nailed the whole like, you know, standout sort of like villain looking character without it looking too goofy. Like he he still looked human. Yes. You know he it wasn't like Danny DeVito. I and- you just I mean maybe that's because who we have to reference, but yes, a hundred percent. I mean he pops up and I'm like. That's a big old scar, but I was like, well, you do that in prosthetics, you know, put some makeup on, like you're good, mm-hmm. you know. But I, I didn't know that that was count. I still don't. You still can't see it. No, I can I, see it a little bit in like his eyes, like his, like his, um, like upper face area, right, a little bit. But that's it. Like otherwise, every other part of him is just. This, if you would have told me that that was just some other actor. Oh yeah, I would have believed you. Hundred percent. I did. Yeah, I'm telling. You, I had. I had no fucking clue. And then I went to IMDb, and then I looked at two pictures. I was like, I'm not gonna sit here trying to figure out if that is him. I'm gonna <laughs> yeah. take their word for it now. Yeah, yeah. I'm like, gonna go to the source. Yeah. Well, I'm like, what, what? Why would I call out a lie if they're gonna tell me that's him? Like, maybe, maybe it is. Maybe it isn't. Yeah. You know. I liked. I liked his character too. Like, not just, you know, in terms of looks, but also like how he was written and. Yeah. The fact that he like. He wasn't like a central villain in this movie. He was basically just a side character, you know. He, he aided the plot. Yeah, he he did, and uh, he served a purpose. But he felt much less involved than the Riddler, which I liked because at that point you can risk the movie becoming like too packed, you know, with mm-hmm. with different things going on. And I like the fact that he kind of took a back seat. Yeah. Speaking of back seat, that car chasing was pretty good too. I I did enjoy it. Yes, mm-hmm. I I'm, I thought it was yeah 
I mean, I, I liked it. I didn't think I didn't think it was crazy. The only thing I didn't like uh, was the Batmobile uh, going off the ramp. Oh and yeah, flying in the air felt a little too movie moment. Uh, I was like, I'm gonna see how long he laughs for. Like, <laughs> yeah. I was like, I don't know how long a car will stay airborne. Right, but like, I feel like you go up maybe a second and a half, two seconds, and you're down. Yeah. And I was like, this laugh's going to go on way too long. He's laughing for like six seconds he at is, least. <laughs> I can't wait to isolate that audio <laughs> and use it later. <laughs> That's going to be great. Oh, my God. Thank that, you for that. That is a penguin laugh right there. Not even close. <laughs> yeah, no. <laughs> no, it was not. <laughs> Spot on, Parker. <laughs> Oh yeah, bud, you got it. <laughs> Give you a thumbs up. Um, yeah, no, the car chase scene was pretty cool. Yeah, no, um, that didn't really bother me too much. I didn't. A little bit know. of scene logistics in question of how he had his car readily available, parked right there for uh, jumping. You know. Uh, yeah, for for the jump. Yeah, but um, no, it was. Uh, yeah, I liked it. I mean, I I think a lot of the action sequences and stuff. I don't think they got it wrong. Mm-hmm. And yeah, one of my no. favorite scenes that I've probably seen in recent memory uh, is him fighting in the in the silhouetted gunshot fight scene. Oh thing. yeah, like it's a very quick but very like visually oh, interesting scene. Effective, yeah. yeah. And it's that's what I'm talking about. like the gorilla style fighting right mm-hmm. there, and it, they didn't linger on any one thing. Yep. You know, and it was it, it, the reason I I liked it too is because it's driving to a point, and he is like pissed off. Yeah. You know. Um, so I guess we can get more into like the issues that we had. We cut, we touched on a few of them already. Sure. Um, for me, number one would probably be the romance. I Un- don't unneeded. Yeah. Very unnecessary. You knew that was good. From the I trailer. like, I like how they teased it a little bit in their first interaction when, you know, he's getting the spy gear ready and she's going to get ready in the club. Right. And he like looks at her for like, you know, a second too long. And then he goes, yep looks good and then he like turns away and kind of like almost blue balls her in a way like i kind of like that and i wish that they had kept that same sort of tone throughout maybe get into it a little more yeah like like the sort of little like back and forth yeah like the got a lot of cats you know that sort of thing right right and like you Mm. know maybe save it for like a future movie but then like the second or third time they meet they just like get right into it and she like gives him a big old smooch and he's like, Oh, I won't say no. You know? Uh, it, yeah. You, I, that's the one thing that I was kind of upset about when I saw it was, th- I didn't know it was going to be three hours until about four weeks ago. Three weeks ago. <laughs> yeah. And uh, I was like, God damn it. Cause I knew that they're going to have this thrown in romantic interest going on. Yep. Uh, I don't, I, it could have been a lot worse. It could have. I'll say that, but I, it was kind of, that's one of the things I was ready for that. So I just knew that that was going to happen. It was going to be useless. And I'm actually, honestly, I wish they didn't have that motorcycle fucking scene at the very end. Yeah. If you take that out, I'm completely, I'd be like, there it is. That's all we needed. Selena Kyle. We'll see you later. Hey, nice. They say goodbye. And then they ride next to each other for like probably five minutes sweeping music and then it's like well this is where we part ways yeah and then yep. he just kind of watches her for a second and then he's like gotta go save the city beep beep and rides yeah. away <laughs> i mean it's like it was funny too because like <laughs> i thought i thought they were gonna kind of do like one of those like 90 romance scenes where they're kind of bobbing and weaving in front of each other you know and it's kind of symbolic of the chase that they have and yeah. then like she would like they'd kind of get together and it's like all right like i you know However it would have turned out, I was kind of interested, and then they just 
And I'm like, all right, if that they if they would have taken that scene out, that would have saved three minutes, uh, probably you know 500k and yeah, yeah, you know <laughs> unnecessary. Like I, I got the gist. They did a lot of a little bit of the over the top, just a little bit with some of the scenes and yeah. really hammering at home that you know making sure like you got what it was going for. They weren't just together to fight crime. They loved each other. <gasps> you know, like and epic. Then, yeah, so uh, that one I saw coming. I mean, I don't. Yeah. Did you from the trailer? You, I mean, yeah. I knew. I kind of knew it was going to happen, but I still wish that it, you know, wasn't. Right. <laughs> you know, I would have rather that not take place. It would have been more fun um, if they had kept the chase kind of going for each other, you know, and alluding to it. Yeah, like set it up for future movies at least, like establish more or, of a repertoire between I mean, the two. I mean, kind of how the characters go with and all, and all these things. I mean, they never get together. So, I mean, it's just like you might as well just have that chase. It, yeah. So, I wouldn't say alluding to more, but you definitely leave open the possibility that she could come back. Yeah. And that there's still maybe a connection there that they just never fully, like, tapped into. Because mm-hmm. if she ever does pop back, they're probably going to bump uglies and whatever future, which those two, not bad. Okay. You anyway. know what I'm saying? <laughs> <laughs> Moving on. Um, <laughs> uh, so another another issue that I had, which was like one of my more major ones, is the fact that for some fucking reason, uh-oh. S- specifically for superhero big franchise movies, they feel obligated to set up future movies with these little teaser scenes that you get. Oh, really? Yeah, and uh, it can just be really fucking janky and not fit in at all and i did not i yeah. really didn't like the scene with riddler and joker agreed i like take that out of the movie movie would have been better for it like and i looked it up later who played the joke because i thought they got like some no-name guy to no do it's it. a big name it's it's barry kogan mm-hmm. from uh dunkirk. Killing, yeah dunkirk killing of a sacred deer yep. um eternals the, the eternals fantastic yeah no great um but Fucking yeah sell out yeah. <laughs> sorry for listening barry you shill uh, you warner brothers shill fucking fascist yeah first you're a shill for disney now you're a shill for warner bros what are you gonna be in matrix 5 now whoa guys just trying to get paid dog god i hope not <laughs> we don't need that we don't need another matrix movie we did not need the last matrix movie no actually probably the last three yeah just the one <laughs> would have been fine <laughs> would have been okay um no the the that scene i really did not like at all i that that was yeah i think you're part of it, it felt way too cheesy it felt really unnecessary shoehorned very very shoehorned yeah like, i way too shoehorned. I, the problem that you're gonna run into is that you're just not gonna be able to replace heath ledger so he did such a fantastic job and not like Joaquin style, you know, right, it's a right. standalone character, but in terms of where he fits in the. So, in that, dude, unless he nails that, like, unless it sounds like Heath Ledger coming out and you get, he nails the laugh and he says something maybe a little darker than what he said, because that was even bizarre dialogue. Yeah. That, know, that, dude. I, it's, the, it's like the, the whole thing was just weird. It's like for some reason they put that part in the movie and then, like, just the quality drop off overall was very steep. And then that scene gets done, and they go back into, like, you know, the scene with... The denim wah of this sucked. It was awful. <laughs> yeah. It was just really bad. It was all... I'm telling you, dude, the last 30 minutes were producers. Yeah. They were like, we got to get this set up. And Matt Reeves... I bet you Matt Reeves, if you find him or get him baked, 
we'll just talk about how fucking awful that what they did to his film was for the last 30 minutes right um i i agree completely um but yeah, no, that was that was another big issue. Well, his laugh, his laugh was awful. The dialogue, the laugh was made bizarre. me cringe. It honestly made me cringe. As like, soon as he started talking, you kind of knew that it was going to be the Joker. Yeah, and then you're like, all right, what's he going to say? Maybe this is going to be. I was actually thinking it might be a Hannibal Lecter moment where he gets the Riddler to kill himself. I was like, what, how dark the movie was, and now would have been more interesting. Well, they're setting up. You'd be setting up the Joker big time with that. The Riddler just fucking stumped Batman throughout all the shit, and all of a sudden the Joker comes in and gets him to like off himself, like <laughs> you know. So, and then they just some weird dialogue with the weird. It was more of a clown laugh, I guess. So I don't know. Yeah, I it really. Felt, like, it felt more like because um, Heath Ledger's Joker feels more psychotic. Like he's very like kind of res- he's almost reserved in a way. He's like yeah. just creepy. Yeah. Whereas that Joker felt very cartoonish and more like kind of the animated Batman. When movies. you heard that, did you think of the big red nose and the clown feet? Like you couldn't see him, but you could just hear that voice. And yeah, you obviously projected image when he starts talking. Mm-hmm. Yeah, I thought I thought more of like honestly, it made me think it was like a CW quality sort of thing, like a CW show. Oh yeah, 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 hundred percent. Like oh, it's it's uh, the the gotham tv show or whatever that's what i thought yeah (laughs) no you're a hundred percent because he did that and i was like oh maybe the joker's like 17 in this yeah yeah he felt like he was fucking 15 years old i was like maybe he hasn't figured out how to be the joker yet but i i mean it is barry kogan and he already looks like he's 12 so who knows i'm hoping that there's gonna be they might have did it too for like a uh so instead of doing like a, a tester you know with the test audience or whatever you call that the uh group focus group quality assurance yeah the focus group like how does this let matt and you're only asking 12 people he's gonna have you know half a billion dollars to figure out if the guys fucking liked his laugh or not or if they think like how do we spice him up now yeah because there's gonna be enough reviews as to where they can critique it so it might have been a cheapy to get more of a this is our audience let's figure out you know how to kind of craft because it's gonna be heath ledger dude it's gonna be hard to beat that and if you make a film and he's half of it. Mm-hmm. You don't hit that. It's not. So it's over. I mean, you know, I and it's not like they're not going to make money. It just might not be as successful as what the Dark Knight was. And if they're really trying to go for that, yeah, so, you know, yeah. Um, we'll we'll see how they handle it in the future movies, I guess. Because mm-hmm. our Pat said he's willing to do more. So, you know, he probably had fun doing it. And oh, from, I'm sure. From the stuff I've read, that I mean, he it. It it kind of I mean he really wanted the role. He had more fun doing it than he did Twilight. That's for sure. Yeah. If you if you have you watched interviews where he just basically shits on Twilight the no, entire but time. You, I we I <laughs> we were talking about watching Twilight and I'm like I'm not watching that shit. Like I'm just <laughs> not. I can't watch it. I I was like Robert Pattinson is so disgusted with himself for doing this. Like looking back on it now. Oh yeah, I'm sure he's crying when he sees like his bank account, dude. Well, <laughs> it was a big money grab. I mean, come on, it's pants and it's like a second major film or first major <laughs> film. But like, it's weird how people. I don't mean to cut you off. No, Sorry. you're good. Go, go ahead. No, that's. All. I mean, I've just I've read some stuff on him. He really wanted the role, and I think I think he could tap into a little bit of that that emotional distress that oh, okay. Bruce Wayne. May, maybe not so much as seeing your parents get shot and killed cold blooded, but you know, a little bit of maybe how that how the producers. That's what they did to him when they came out with him in Twilight. Right. Yeah, that's it's funny that because like there are so many people, like general audiences that still see him as the Twilight guy. Like they don't know Oh yeah, hundred percent. They don't know any of the other movies he's been in, like after 
Oh, the jacket's coming off. It's got it, man. You're right. It's fine. I'm pitting out. Um, I guess I guess we can. <laughs> I'll mention it when we get into our next movie. But, oh um, yeah, hundred percent, dog. Yeah, yeah. So um, yeah. No, it's amazing how like people just haven't heard of like all the other movies he's been in since Twilight. You know, Lighthouse, Devil All the Time, uh, Tenet. Which I guess Tenet is more of like kind of a blockbuster, but you know. Well, but think not, about, as, I mean, not as many people. Yeah, saw but it. I'm going to tell you right now, for him to come out in Tenet and and break this typecast, huge. Mm-hmm. Jude Law had to do the same thing. Yeah, he's been in like tons of other movies that have like really sort of like put him on the map of being like a competent actor. He's good. Like he's a, a good really, actor. Real like. Honestly, he's like one of my favorites now. I would say I really I because he only like elevates a movie when he's in it. He does it. He's fantastic. Mm-hmm. Um, did we have anything else to say about the Batman? We're kind of running a little long on this no, one, but it's I'm, three hours. So well, I'm I, well. We touched on. I mean, I I I didn't like the, I didn't like the ending. The music was a, not a killer, but definitely could have been less. And then uh, some of the choices. But other than that, I mean. It stayed true to what it was going to do, and the mm-hmm. cinematography was gorgeous. In the in Gotham, dude, Gotham was just—they finally hit Gotham on the head. Yes, the tone was excellent and consistent. Yeah, and well, very and the, much. And the, make the city I mean, like what Scorsese does in New York. I mean, they—he always makes New York a character yeah, it, of itself. If, yeah, I was going to say it feels like a character. Yeah, in its own right, and it never has before. And I think that it's always burned Batman. It's the same with kind of like Spider Man. Mm-hmm. If you don't have that sense, I mean, like for me, I'll say this: I never thought about Spider-Man as your friendly neighborhood Spider-Man. Mm-hmm. It was always he's saving New York, he's saving, so it was always bigger than what he was. And then finally, the Holland stuff, and we kind of talked about. It, I was like, oh, I finally get that gist of it. He's only his own little slice of life here. Yeah, protecting only so much. You mm-hmm. know, you never felt that way. I don't think with Bruce Wayne and got like in the Dark Knight. You never think you haven't. Seen, have you seen them? I've seen The Dark Knight. Okay, so in The Dark Knight, I don't think there's ever a question of him saving the city. Yeah, right. It's a very kind of like I wouldn't even say personal, just sort of like a I don't know moral. It's a moral compass. Yeah, yeah. Like he's doing it for the. He's got to do the right things, even like a big part of the struggle is like the decisions he has to make as a character, right? And that's and and that's what I'm saying. So you're looking at the Batman in that sense, mm-hmm. you know. But that you never got the city, so I can't. I'm just telling. I, I had this revelation a couple of days ago, and I just was like, I really liked what they did with Gotham, and they they made it. I mean, dude, you turned in the media, political news, syndicated crime. They hit all of it. How it's all roped in together. Yep. And how they peddle drugs and how it impacts, I mean, authority, the police force, you know, local government. Like, you took this little area and made it, it's Gotham, mm-hmm. it's its own place, and you really made it its own fucking place. Yeah. And I think that's hard to do, and they did it. Mm-hmm. So, yeah. Okay. What uh, what would you rate it? So, I'm going to stick with my original rating, and I think I did this on IMDb, but it was a it's a high 7 uh, to an 8. Okay. For for some of the, for the ending and some of the things that I did not like and the music, it held me up. Uh, being a three hour movie that I was not anticipating was another one too, where I think it brings it down just a little bit because I don't want to say it didn't hit expectations because it definitely goes one eighty, right? Yeah. But if you're like I said with Dune, 
if you're expecting three hours of action and you get to see some of the kick-ass scenes, the action scenes, but that's all you get, like, all right, you know, I was not... But for them to completely flip it on me like that and keep me entertained, like, I, for me, it was a hand clap. So, yeah, I, I high seven uh, to an eight. Yeah, I think I would be around the same range you know eight out of ten um really good movie overall um obviously some issues like the romance the cringy forced sort of setting up a franchise scene with the joker yeah um some of the music stuff i wasn't a huge fan of and also there was a few times where i felt the pacing of the movie or not the pacing but just like the runtime yes like just the length like a couple moments where i was like uh this is a three hour long movie and uh, especially on the second viewing because you already know what's coming i felt like it was a little bit better on the second viewing oh really a little bit like because i i had that expectation of what it had to get through yeah whereas like the first time i was like all right there's some scenes that are a little slow not that they're bad but i definitely feel the length of this movie yes for sure yeah so yeah eight out of ten for me pretty much around the same range yeah we did it yeah Mission accomplished. There we go. Booyah. We saw the Batman. We saved Iraq. <laughs> <laughs> um, speaking of, of Iraq. speaking of saving people, Whoa. Uh, we watched a movie that you recommended. Yes. Um, oh. Called Big Trouble in Little China. Yes, sir. Um, I did not know it was a John Carpenter film until I started watching it and his name popped up. I was like, Oh, him and Kurt Russell back at it. Dude. They Again. got the thing for the third time. Escape from New York. Escape from New York. The thing. And then Big Trouble in Little China, which this came out after the thing. Right. The uh, thing was 1982. Yes. This was 1986. I believe so. OK. And I think I think it might have preceded um, Escape from New York. I don't there It's close. Escape from New York was 81. 81 so it went yeah. escape from new york the thing and then yeah. and then that yeah so i mean from from what i read um i'll drop the let me i, I can do the synopsis on it okay um it, essentially we follow it's kurt russell and uh he's a trucker you know and he's 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 making shipments and going around and you kind of hop into it and he's uh he's a character uh, you you immediately off the get know that he's a fucking character and he gets into uh, little China in San Francisco and uh, meets up with the buddies gambling he's drinking you kind of know that he he's got a he's got a certain uh, ambiguity on his moral compass if you will and uh, he talks to his buddy his buddy loses some money and tells him that he has uh, this girl that he's known since kindergarten that you know is coming back home and uh, they're gonna get married you know and they go to the airport and some bad guys show up capture the girl and uh pretty much from there i mean it takes off and, and one of the things and not to, it's not spoiling it or anything you know if you go into it because it's going to happen quick supernatural forces ensue uh in, in this chase of finding meow yen and uh it pretty much goes from there and you dive into a little bit more of the uh mythology of some you know chinese history i don't know i think some of the stuff is predicated on some um some like mythological fairy tale creature like, i don't know what you want fantastical yeah, just some sort of, like yeah just mythology in yeah. general which i definitely got the sense of watching this movie yeah just throughout the entire thing um yeah no i i watched this movie and 
I, I will say this is like probably one of the more like faster paced films I've seen in a while. Like it, yeah. it goes and I enjoyed it for the most part, but there were some scenes, especially the dialogue scenes where they're talking to each other, where I'm like, okay, it's going so fast. Like sometimes I miss what they're saying. Oh really? And like what they're trying to get across. Like, yeah. yeah. Like I'm like, okay, I get what they're trying to do, but like, there are some things that just go over my head because of how fast paced it is. And I'm like, holy shit. It just does not stop. It like, really, I mean, now that you say it, it is pretty unrelenting. Like it, it honestly felt like I was watching the movie at two times speed at times. I was like, Jesus, like there's no breathing room. Here. I was about to say, uh, coming off from watching <laughs> uh, Batman, mm-hmm. definitely feels like a tortoise in the hair. Yeah, yeah. I think if you'd watch like John Wick, and this then movie's came fucking into it, Sonic the Hedgehog. <laughs> yeah. Jesus Christ. But um, so okay, well, uh, <laughs> well, first off, I mean, just Kurt Russell, Carpenter meet up, right? Mm-hmm. And uh, Carpenter pretty or uh, Kurt Russell, one of them kind of looks at each other, you know, and he goes, "Listen, man, you're gonna put me in this thing like this. This could be a flop. Are you sure you want me to do it?" And it was Kurt Russell talking to Carpenter, like, you know, because yeah, his name still wasn't that well known, I guess, right? right. And uh, Carpenter just he's like. I just like working with you, man. I want you in this film. Mm-hmm. Like that was it. Like, and that's kind of you know. And I really appreciate you get you get a lot of the 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 positivity. Yeah. Or, or uh, that he they work well together. You 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 got a good sense that this movie was just like fun for them. Yes. Like it was just a lot of fun for them to like make, and they just kind of went all out with it. Yes. Especially the scene. So we're gonna go into spoilers for this movie. The scene where they get into. I guess you can call it little China, mm-hmm. like where they're at when they enter like that sort of almost mythological realm yeah. where like the street gangs come upon each other and they start fighting in the street around his truck. And it's like, holy shit. Like that's when the movie like ramps it. Oh, like, yeah. The, the pacing of like the first, I would say like, uh, like 15 minutes, maybe like it's pretty, <laughs> you know, normal pace. You know, it's him like talking to his friend, you know, he's, you know, gambling, which I sent you that picture of the guy who looks like Ned from Spider-Man. Yes. Yes. And, and as soon as you sent it to me and I, I was, I was like, oh man, I was like, that's quick. It fucking it looks just like him in my opinion. I'll, I'll put a picture in the yes. video. Um, but the, you know, that scene happens and then like, you know, the, the girls get kidnapped. Mm hmm. Uh, by the street gangs, you know the evil street gangs. I don't, I don't remember what their names were. I couldn't. I, but it's the bad guys essentially. Mm-hmm. So she gets kidnapped by the bad guys. The black hats. Yeah, <laughs> the black cats. The the girl that's like meeting like with his friend, you know that his friend is gonna marry. Mal Yen. Yeah, she gets kidnapped, and then you know they chase after her or whatever. You know, still like a relatively like normal pacing for the situation that's mm-hmm. in. And then they get to the alleyway, and they like the street gangs meet up around his truck and they start fighting each other. And it's like, holy shit, this movie's just fucking ramping it. Yeah. <laughs> and it does not stop throughout the entire thing. <laughs> it just keeps going. It really, I, there are like some slow points for you to catch your breath. Uh, but very even, few, but even few. then when you are like when it slows down, the dialogue kicks up. Yes. The and dialogue is definitely <laughs> feel the frenetic pace and the, the, uh, the high stakes, mm-hmm. if you will. Yeah. You know? It, it's very, like, just quick pace. If you miss something, you weren't keeping up. Like, it's your fault, you know? And uh, at times I liked it. At times it kind of, like, took me out of it, especially, like, the dialogue parts where I was, like, I definitely missed something. 
and I feel like if I rewind it, it's just going to be very tiring for me to like try to get back through it. Because mm-hmm. um, like this movie, at times it felt like it wore me out. I'm like, oh boy, like I need to take well, a breather. I'm going to say this. So it's definitely not for younger audiences. So watching this again, mm-hmm. I definitely picked up. I was like, the action sequences in this are so dated, especially if you're <laughs> so used to like John Wick. Right. Like, this is not even close. So that really takes anyone out. It, it took me out. And mm-hmm. I've, like, I love this film. And I was like, man, I kind of forget about some of these, like, action scenes. Like, people getting thrown through walls. I mean, it's not. And then it's a little cartoony. Yeah. Um, You know, with, with some of the fighting that's going on or some of the, the uh, cosmetics or the prosthetics, you know, that happen. Yeah. Um, so you can get, you get taken out a little bit. Um with some of that stuff and it's it definitely has an 80s feel to it so i mean when you're talking like i said i mean these it's a 40 year old film now right you know and and like the fighting scenes i enjoyed like for the most part like i didn't really didn't have an issue with them mm-hmm. and i took into account the fact that it is an older film and you yeah. know they were limited to what they could do at the time yeah um it compa- you know naturally comparing it to the thing the, you know the movie that he oh, made with Kurt Russell before. Yeah. You can't do that. Well, I you know I can in terms of like the dialogue scenes because the dialogue scenes in the thing felt very like kind of just natural, very situational. Yeah, but there it's two different. They're different movies, but you know I can compare the two. I feel like just because you know yeah, same I mean, guy. <laughs> yeah, but I mean you're, it'd be like I'm gonna compare Halloween to Big Trouble in Little China. Like that's mm. not. Yeah. John Carpenter directed both. Like I'm saying, like it's you're you're talking two different, like, totally tonal movies, and right, yeah, you know. I don't know. I guess the, the the I'll get it out of the way right now. The main issue I had with this movie mm-hmm. was the dialogue scenes. Like right. I I really couldn't like I really couldn't like gel with it. I guess. So if you don't, I think, yeah, like if yeah. I had to guess, because <laughs> I'm not gonna lie, I don't. If you don't relate to not relate, but if you don't like Jack Burton. This movie is not going to work for you. Well, it's not like I didn't like him as a character. Like, you know, I think a lot of my enjoyment of him is Kurt Russell. The fact that it is. That's the. Yeah. That it is just like basically him. You know, it doesn't feel like he's really playing that different of a character than he did in like the thing. You know, honestly, his character in freaking Escape from New York was more different than this. this. And this, he doesn't really fight anyone. I mean, when he gets into these tough scenarios where he's supposed to win or take someone out i mean he at one point when he goes into charge he knocks himself out yeah that's true i guess i, I mean and then the other there's another part. scene where he's going to fight he finally gets into it at the end he's taking this potion he's ready to go he's feeling invincible and he gets in there and the first guy that he actually does meet he stabs and the guy falls on him and he struggles to get him off of him while everything is chaos around him and they're fighting mm-hmm. he's 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 a lovable buffoon in this and he's not he's he's almost like the dude in this thing where he's pitted up he's in this world he's got no reason to be in he's the main character and yet he can't fight i mean if you watch him they don't do any kung fu yeah he he like i think he throws a couple punches here and there he doesn't take out the only guy that he really takes out is lopan mm-hmm. and he happens just to catch the knife and the best part about it is the first time when he's got the gal you're like oh that's it and he just fucking whiffs and hits the gong mm-hmm. and then he does like one of those like fuck 
you know like yeah, yeah. he's he's not really meant to be in this world so i mean it's almost like you're watching a dude like an anti-hero yeah no you're you're right so, i i forgot about that i'm just a fucking idiot so no, i'm saying like <laughs> i watching this honestly i had no idea because like when i watch this i mean so you know a little me me and my brother my dad showed this to us when we were like eight or nine right i mean like we were super young we watched this and we just like jack burton you mm-hmm. know and then um, like the Big Lebowski, it took me a couple of years, and then I think like in 2013, 2012, there's a mute. You remember Gangnam Style? Oh, yeah, I can't forget it. <laughs> uh, there's a there's a parody music video called David Lopan Style. Okay. And so like we started watching that, and it really brought my love back for this movie. And then so I I started watching Jack Burton. Jack Burton is so to me so rich. And what he talks about and his sort of bravado and this mm. freaking... I mean, he reminds me just of like uh, a Midwestern guy. Yeah. This sort of uh, ill-poised confidence, mm. if you will. I mean, he's a truck driver and he wins a grand and he's like, we're fucking taking over the world, baby. Yeah, Let's yeah. go. No, you're you're right. I just... I, For some reason, I don't remember a whole lot from this movie. Like, I just... Yeah. Even though I watched it like only a few days ago, like my memory for some reason is fleeting. Early onset Alzheimer's. I don't know what's going on. No, I mean it's but one of those. If you don't relate to anyone, I just in this yeah. Thing, it's I not think a lot be... of it. Yeah, I think a lot of it is just the fact that like I didn't really like because I like this movie overall. Like I thought it was good. Mm-hmm. Like I thought it was a lot of fun. Obviously, it didn't take itself well, too seriously. It's very tongue in cheek and yeah. you know, very like eighties style sort of thing. I just, for some reason, man, I don't know what it is. I have a harder time connecting with older movies than I do newer There's, films. I, you're not like I don't know what it is. It's just we're getting. I'm getting roasted on Facebook. I keep bringing <laughs> up these old films. I'm like they're fun films. Like I don't. It just. I'm telling you right now. Some of the there are movies that are designed where you have to relate to a character, and if you don't get on board with them, mm-hmm. you're gonna be sol. And this right. movie, I think, is is. At now okay it's so it's schlocky mm-hmm. if you will that if you don't like because you have to like you're talking about the dialogue he's in 90 percent of the scenes yeah like i so that's what i'm saying like if you don't like him you're not it's not gonna you're not gonna connect and it's just gonna get lost on you mm-hmm. and I, I like when i was watching it, i actually looked over i was watching it with someone i told and said i don't know if kyle's gonna like this because <laughs> halfway through it well the fighting scenes i didn't realize i for some reason, I didn't think that they were like that bad. <laughs> they're bad for like a good reason. Like I can want, I can look. They're back. goofy. They're it's nostalgic, right? And nostalgic is a problem if it's not nostalgic to someone else. I was gonna say, I think yeah, that's another reason too. I think it's because yeah. like I don't have that connection with this, that, like that childhood connection with this movie that mm-hmm. a lot of people do. You know, Gideon. I told him that we were going to talk about this movie, and he his first thing that he said was, oh, my dad loves that movie. Yeah. And of course, you know, his brother makes a comment on the Facebook post about us watching Big Trouble in Little China, and he's yeah. like, oh, I just showed the wife this, one of my favorites. You know, it's, it's one of those things that I feel like if you didn't grow up with this movie you might not appreciate it as much as someone like you or someone like Gideon, yeah. maybe, um, or like his family. And I'm not saying that that's a I'm not saying that's a bad thing that you do appreciate it that way. No. Because you have a completely different perspective on it than that's I do. What, well, however, uh, it's like if you like steak. Some people don't like steak. It's like, man, I'm glad you like steak. I don't like that steak. Mm-hmm. You know? Yeah. Like, I'm not that. I'm happy that you do. Mm-hmm. Just and, different tastes, I guess. Yeah. I found out that this has more of a cult following. And so it's turning like into more of like a big Lebowski 
syndrome. Mm-hmm. Um, and Jack Burton. I mean, and that's the one thing that I will argue though is that I think anyone could relate to Jack. Jack Burton is a character, and he he remove him or take him and put him in modern day times right now that character would still live yeah he's not outdated so that's half of it too so i think that some of it yeah the nostalgia behind the movie itself holds up but the character of jack burton is one of the reasons why this is my top five Mm -hmm. because i dude i love and i couldn't (laughs) yeah i'm not saying like yeah I, i i'm gonna i'm gonna backpedal I'm gonna take back my comment of like him being similar to the thing character because he's not. You know, it's not even close. They're, I mean, they're I don't, different characters. I don't want to sit here, but I, I'm I, gonna I'm gonna retcon that. Hell, I yeah. might even edit it out. Who knows? <laughs> like you can't. I would. <laughs> this movie's totally. It's totally. So one of the things about it this, is very different. Well, one of the things about it is that they're <clears throat> so. It's a western, right? You got a good guy. He goes into a town. That truck might as well be a horse. Right. right, and he's riding into. He's very a t- emotionally ta- attached to that truck. I mean, it's you know, and he's riding into a town, and he's he's got to defeat the powers of evil, you know, and he gets his sidekick buddy, and it's actually funny too because they do a little role reversal where, even though he's the main character, the story centers around Wang. It's mm-hmm. Wang going through all the the growth and the yeah. changes. It's his, it's his journey. It's his girl that he's got to save. You know, it's his fight that he's got to do. And he's the one. He's that, the one that's kicking most of the ass in the scenes. Yeah. You know? So, I mean, you know, and that's where, and then, so what happened was Carpenter got the script for it. And there's a couple movies that came out. Now, the reason why it's interesting to me is just because when it came out at the time, they wanted to make like a modern contemporary uh, Western. And mm-hmm. they were kind of, there. a movie called Zoo came out. All right. And it's, this is modeled heavily around that. Interesting. But they said, let's take it and instead of having it, you know, and I don't, I don't know if it was a futuristic land or, or I don't know exactly where Zoo was taking place at. They said, like, let's take it and we'll just place it in San Francisco, mm-hmm. you know, and we're going to take some of this mythological aspects of it and what's gone on with some of these supernatural folklore tales that go on, and we'll just bring it in here and let's just get a guy that has no reason to be involved with any of this shit and plug him in there, and that's. I think I appreciate that because it reminds me a lot of the Lebowski. Yeah. Like, honestly, like, it's just, it, it's it's a person stumbling through a scenario that they have absolutely no fucking right to be in. Yeah. And then just dealing with it the best they can. And, but, and, and you could, you can have that and really mess that up too. Like, I don't think, I think that there are other movies like that where the characters are not that rich. Yeah. Or well portrayed. And I think why Kurt Russell nails it in this is because him and Carpenter have history together. Right. And, John Carpenter probably gave him carte blanche. It's like uh, it's like you know peanut butter and chocolate with those two. Yeah, you know you get those two together. It's like just a natural. It's yeah. just a natural combination. Yep. You know, it's uh, it's like Quentin Tarantino and feet. You know. Oh God, yes. <laughs> <laughs> um, I you know I didn't I didn't hate. I, <clears throat> excuse me, I didn't hate this movie. You know, I I there are things about it that I really enjoyed, like um. I, I liked how goofy the fight scenes were. Mm-hmm. I liked how just sort of over the top, like 80s, like kung fu. You can tell that it was very heavily inspired by like kung fu. Yes. And like those old types of movies. And just like the mythology of like China and like different sort of things going on with like the the themes there. Um, I like that aspect of it. I like the set designs a lot. Yeah. Like the fun, set right? designs were very fun, very eye catching. Um, there was never like a maybe like aside from like the beginning like market, there was never really like a dull set that I saw in this movie. Like and even, even that, the market even was... that was like just 
you know, it was a good like intro, I guess. But like, you it's know, compared grimy, to it was dirty. It was right. raining out. I mean, I shouldn't yeah. compared to like the rest of the stuff in the movie. A hundred percent. Because it just gets better, in my opinion. Like yeah. the further it goes on with like the set designs and like everything going. Um, no, I really like that. Like the locations. Um, you know, a lot of the characters were fun. Like I liked Wang. Mm-hmm. I, I did like Jack Burton, um, even though to me he was just like, you know, it's Kurt Russell. I like Kurt Russell. Mm-hmm. Um, you know, wasn't huge on the romantic interest for Kurt Russell. Like I don't know. I don't remember what her Kim character. Cattrall. Yeah, she was a little Gracie like Gracie Law. She was a lawyer. Yeah, yeah. Grace Law. <laughs> Grace Law. <laughs> she was a little much for me mm-hmm. like just her character specifically and like the stuff that she said but i guess other than that like you know wasn't really like too much else i guess like i yeah you know enjoyed this movie for what it was, it was very goofy very cartoony um yeah could easily tell that it's like a cult classic movie i was looking this up and so it had like a budget of like let's say 25 million because it says like 19 to 25 million sure and only made like 11 million mm-hmm. at the box office but then it you know got released on home video a bunch of people bought it that way yeah and so that's how it sort of became like a cult classic so one of the things that happened um with uh, maybe not i don't think it was the marketing but when this movie came out uh, a lot of protesting going on within the asian american community and um, the the lack of Asian females being represented with speaking lines, and mm. the fact that this is it, in the title, it's Little China, mm. you know, and yet no Asian Americans really speak in this, right? And John Carpenter in this like little <laughs> uh, interview I read, it was him and a bunch of everyone was just in it, Russell and. He's like, you know, if we come out, we get, we're get, we getting this thing released out in the theaters, and he goes, we're getting fucking picketed. It's like, what What do you guys want? Like, it, oh, okay, like, it doesn't, it's not supposed to re, re, revolve around them, you know, it, it's around that. And he goes, the only Caucasian we had in it was Russell as a male. Yeah. He goes, everyone else was and an a, Asian a, American male speaking. He's a bumbling character. Yeah, he looks a like a it. fucking idiot. He can't even <laughs> fight. And it's like, we make him look like a freaking Western you know, anti-hero mm. and it from the, reading it, it was kind of like one of those things where it's like, we're going to nitpick to fucking nitpick. Yeah. You know, and I'm not, I'm not saying that it should or shouldn't be that way. Cause I know there's a lot of, there's a lot of concerns now with like, if you're representing a community or culture, like you should have someone from that community or culture representing what they've gone through. Right. Mm. And you know, this is the eighties too, which kind of blew my mind that they were picketing this thing, but it, it sounded like there was a lot of negative press and that, the i'm guessing that this community or the you know the asian american community did their best to try to get this thing to to tumble interesting yeah okay uh you know there's a there's a lot of uh i guess like history behind it then you know with the yeah. like production and stuff I and i wonder know. too if some of it had to do with the thing being kind of controversial when it came out right cuz when that came out i was reading about this but I didn't really like mention it in our like thing discussion where right. um, I guess like when the movie came out, like it was very like controversial because of how violent it was yeah, and how like the special effects were. And um, people really didn't like take to the movie when it first came out. Like they were like disgusted by it. You know, they, 
it kind of became like a controversial thing. So I wonder if people saw the name John Carpenter and, and, and associated it with that too. I would not be shocked. Yeah. I mean, like, obviously it's just speculation, but it's, I mean, it, and I don't know much about that, but I could definitely see the thing being mismarketed mm-hmm. or not maybe mismarketed, but not marketed in the way that you would expect you know, violence yeah. or expect kind of what you're going to see. And it's like, it's, you know, and that too. So Carpenter had, I mean, prior to then, I know he had escaped from New York and Halloween and Halloween's kind of, it's, I don't want to say silly violent, but it's definitely, I mean, it's a, it's a, it's a cat and mouse horror. Right. You know, and there's a couple of bad scenes in it, but, and then escape from New York is definitely like in a different world. Mm-hmm. But at least in that, it, the guy's name's Snake Plissken. He's got a tattoo and he probably takes a shot at some point. And you're like, oh, this guy, and he's holding an Uzi. Mm. So it's definitely not misconceived about what you're going to walk into. Right. The thing being a supernatural horror in Antarctica, who the fuck knows? <laughs> right. You know, and then this one, Big Trouble in Little China with Jack Burton. I mean, like, you're kind of going into this thing and you're going to see Kurt Russell acting like Kurt Russell, but in, he's got a gun and kicking ass. Mm-hmm. You know, so it's interesting. I mean, Carpenter, dude, he, I mean, fucking counterculture motherfucker. Would you say that, because, um, you know, The Thing and Big Trouble in Little China mm-hmm. are like in your top favorites. Um, would you say that John Carpenter is one of your favorite directors? So I, I think he's one of my more respected. I don't have like a, I don't know. I can't say that. I mean, he probably, but like there are, I, I, I would have to venture more misses than hits. Mm-hmm. Cause I'm going to tell you right now, I don't like the schlocky. I don't like the kind of, um, uh, you know, the, the prosthetics, the, 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 the costume design, the sets and all that, where they make it look like, I mean, there's one point in this thing where they're fighting and there's a humorous fight mm-hmm. where Wang's getting chased by the guy at the end after they kill uh, Lopan and they're kind of, you know, throwing things in the air. And it's like, this isn't, you know, that's not Kung Fu. I mean, this isn't, this isn't a fight. Scene. I know that maybe they're trying to be silly and funny about this and it plays into the tone of the movie, but like mm. I never, so like watching this, I actually got pulled out a little bit with that. So that's why I'm saying like some of the stuff, but there are elements that he has for me that I'm, that's why this movie is in my top five, just because of Jack Burton mm. and the, and the, the, the silliness, the cartoonist, and you're taking this baffable character and putting him in a, like I said, situation, you know, and he's got all these fantastic lines and the, his fucking his overzealous confidence, if you will, like yeah. just stupid. Like you're a truck driver. <laughs> yeah. Remember? And he goes, uh, at the very end, he doesn't, he doesn't go to kiss Grace, Gracie Lawn. Yeah. It feels like he hasn't changed as a character. At None all. whatsoever. <laughs> and she goes, you're not gonna even kiss her and he looks back he goes no i'm not and then she goes see you around burton mm. he goes yeah we'll see or something like that yeah, he yeah. never can tell and he just walks out uh-huh and it's just that stupid fucking he's got it throughout the whole film that's what also makes it feel more like a western too is because like it feels very it just feels like an isolated episode of a tv show that's just stretched out yeah like Oh, he's just moving on to the next town. There you, you know? go. Got my truck back. <laughs> it's a yeah. pork chop. Expect. Not going to go to like the police or anything. Just kind of, yeah, I'm moving on. <laughs> when that eight foot bastard takes the top of your favorite head and pins you against the wall and asks you, have you paid your dues, Jack? <laughs> yes, sir, I have. <laughs> Check is in the mail. Yeah. <laughs> I'm like, yeah, I was watching that. I'm like, I don't even know what the fuck he's talking about. Yeah, yeah, he, he's just saying nonsense. Um, <laughs> oh, dude. So, uh, I really liked the music in this movie too. Uh, like, I thought uh, John Carpenter, like he did the 
music, yes. right? He, I'm pretty sure he does. Uh, there's actually two songs I, I just liked on Spotify. Yeah, yeah. Like, uh, the it says chop. John Carpenter and Alan H- Horworth. Yeah. Ho- Horworth. Alan Horworth. That's a mouthful of a name. Um, yeah, no, I really enjoyed the music in this, too. Very, like, 80s, kind of, like, synth I, I was, yes. I was actually, it's funny that you say that, because I was going to text you, I think, after I got done with it, I was going to ask you, like, I was like, what do you think about the sound? Because I kind of ruled out the film i was like what'd you think about the soundtrack <laughs> yeah yeah you were yeah. you were just excited to talk about it you're well, like what'd you think of this oh well, i was just thinking because like well the ending hits and they i'd never heard it before they just it's the it's called like the big trouble little china theme song like i don't even know what it's called on spotify and i started like i'm listening to it and i was like dude this kind of vibes mm-hmm. and then uh there's another one on spotify it's just pork chop express theme and i'm playing that and i was like fuck this is like it's very synthy, like a yeah. uh, little, like kind of, kind of poppy, but grimy, you know, mm-hmm. like, I don't, I don't exactly know, like, uh, probably like a speakeasy nightclub. Yeah. It's you know? very like kind of upbeat almost sometimes. Yeah. Right. Like, I don't know. I really enjoyed it. Like that was probably one of my favorite parts of the film for the, sure. Carpenter like has his whole hand. I, maybe he is. I don't know. Cause I he, mean, he, he, the thing he did the soundtrack for that too. I'm pretty sure like he, or at least collaborated on it. It felt like he definitely had like his finger on the pulse of that specific time mm-hmm. and just like knew what was popular, knew what people like were going for, at least in terms of like, you know, just style and music and just like went for it. And he, yeah, and well, I'm gonna say this too, though. I mean, he he took some of the, I mean, he could have easily had a lot of kung fu in this, mm-hmm. right? You know, so I mean, like, I I don't know if he did it for intents and purposes of kind of with the with Jack being the way he is that we're not gonna make this into that, you know, we're gonna kind of make it a little cartoony. Like, I don't think he would. I would hope that he wouldn't slap that audience in the face. Mm-hmm. You know what I'm saying? Right. Like, we're gonna make this just fun to be fun mm. you know where it's kind of like like i think I, I would almost feel that just with his brain he had a little bit more behind the intention of what the, what he was putting down yeah you know maybe maybe because of there's some supernatural forces with the folklore it's like let's not take this too seriously yeah you know let's not be the dark knight here <laughs> yeah because if you take it too seriously it, it could almost it, it could be worse yeah 100 percent. Oh, like then it's just like then it's just you're laughing at the movie for the reasons that you know the director didn't intend yeah you know? <laughs> and there are there are some, you're just laughing at how bad it is you could i was about to say because you could flip it on, on its head too because i mean like and that's what i'm saying with carpenter films like i feel like there's a little bit more behind the the costumes if you will than uh you know with it, where it's at now like the thing i mm. mean like for 1982 that was probably like really sick to watch that you know yeah but for 2022 like we've probably seen a million times better that mm. you can do with CGI, yeah, you know? Yeah. So there's a certain appreciation that you have for it, but at the same token, it's not visually aesthetically pleasing because you know that it could be done better. Right. So I think that's where I'd probably fall off a little bit because mm. like uh, in this one, like the giant eye, I mean, they had to figure out that and they couldn't CGI that thing. So I, yeah. they, they created it. They said there was a shit ton of motors in that thing. It was a ham puppet. Yeah. No, they I, had it waving <laughs> around. You could definitely tell it was a practical object. Yeah. And it's like, you know, for the time, like, that was probably like, and actually for me too, I was like, man, how'd they even do that? Mm. You know, like the first couple of times I saw When you're it, a kid it, watching it, you're like, holy shit, that thing's weird looking. Yeah. Well, and you're just, you think it's probably just a visual aid. Like someone drew it up and you're just waving it around on a camera. Mm-hmm. You don't think that, you, I mean, that probably took 
people a lot of time to build, create, and then actually make it look respectable. Oh, yeah. Put put a lot of time and effort into it. Yeah. So, mm-hmm. uh, but that's what I'm saying. I think that's where I kind of fall off with uh, Carpenter a little bit because he does have some of that. Like, even Escape from New York, I you have to really like, I, in my opinion, and then probably I'd have to revisit it, but you have to really like Snake Plissken to kind of get into where the world's at. Right. Unless you really, I mean, and it could just be the world alone of New York and if Snake wasn't half the character he was, maybe it stands on its own. Mm-hmm. But I feel like some of those movies are driven more of the character than it is with, you know. And that's why I think the difference is with that and the thing. Because, I mean, like, so what was, uh, so, I mean, you, you the music was good. What was um, some things that you didn't like? So, yeah, I touched on it already. The dialogue, mm-hmm. the way that that was filmed and sort of written. I, not more so written, but just like the pacing of it sure. was like really quick, almost too quick for my liking. Which is crazy. It just it still boggles my mind. I'm like, this is 1986, and it's like moving too fast. Yeah, right. You know, <laughs> that's why I'm kind of having. But I, I could definitely, I understand because it, <clears throat> just the, the, yeah, the dialogue. It's like it's like there's no breathing room at all, and I, I just, oh boy, I had to like step back and take a breather. Yeah, it felt like. Um. So yeah, that. Um. Really wasn't a huge fan of like the big monster thing that they had like the big like gorilla looking oh, yeah like dude i agree with that even like at the end i was like i wasn't it's cartoony a fan on, of that yeah yeah it was very cartoony it's and, very 80s uh, yeah for sure and um yeah i wasn't too big on that um just like a, you know some of the some of the like fight stuff i guess like i i enjoyed it for the most part but i do have to acknowledge that like okay it's very like flawed and goofy and just kind of like all over the place you know yeah. there were some scenes where i could tell that wasn't exactly well choreographed they're just kind of like flailing weapons and stuff around you know like yeah. the alley fight way you know it's just or the alleyway fight oh dude that one was like the worst <laughs> yeah. they weren't even making contact with some of the bamboo sticks yeah yeah <laughs> it was like i'm like watching it, i was like oh my god like, you can i don't see that they're swinging at air <laughs> yeah know? yeah um, it was yeah some of the knives and uh Oh my god! Yeah, yeah, some of that stuff, and like obviously, it being an older film, I have a hard time connecting with it. It's just my personal thing. It's nothing against the no, movie itself. I think not. No, mean to cut you off here, but like with people listening and everything going on, it's it might be. I mean, we're gonna be a, we're spanning a broad horizon of films. Here. <laughs> yeah, you're yeah. obviously gonna be more inclined with what's going on with some of the newer stuff. Mm-hmm. And I think I'm gonna be bringing back some of the older stuff and seeing if we can't hit or if it's a miss. Because I mean, it. I think it, it's worthy of having in that in the zeitgeist of the films that you've seen. Yeah, you know. And there are like some older movies that I really love that I really connect with, like um, Taxi Driver. You mm-hmm. know, I really. It, it's like in my top 50 mm-hmm. but i i typically with my tastes i tend to like gravitate towards something that has come out like after the year 2000 i would 100%. say 100 percent. you know and that's just, like i said that's just my own personal sort of preference I'm i gonna, guess i'm gonna tell you right now like when i tell you like me me and my brother were eight or nine like when we want, i'm not exaggerating i think mm-hmm. that's like i'm just thinking about this too i was like we were exposed to a lot of I saw Predator, I think, when I was 10. Right. You know what I'm saying? Like, mm-hmm. I'm watching Alien, you know, in sixth or seventh grade. I, me and we watched The Exorcist in sixth grade. Mm-hmm. You know what I'm like? There's just a lot of those older films I think I was exposed to at a younger age that made me like watch a lot more films during that time. Yeah. So I think, you know, you coming up, you probably didn't really start viewing movies. You, 
like watching him until you said MCC, where you actually started getting an appreciation for him. Yeah, no, and it, a lot of that too has to do with like the fact that a lot of those movies are for like an older audience. Not saying that you can't watch it when you're like eight or nine, but the fact that like my parents probably viewed me and they, you know, they had a lot of like VHSs. You know, they had like mm-hmm. the Alien movies and they had all these different like classics, um, Predator. But they didn't really, like they didn't show me those movies because they right. probably felt like I wasn't old enough, you know. And I was <laughs> my dad's rule was if there's no tits, you can watch it. <laughs> yeah. It was awesome, <laughs> except when you wanted to see a pair of boobies when you're 12. Yeah, yeah. Um, but but for me, I, I you know, because as a kid, I really didn't like show that interest either. Yeah, like I didn't go up to my dad and I was like, hey, can we watch Predator? Oh, yeah. dude, don't act like. Don't hey, I'm telling you right now. My dad was like, I want to rent this thing, and you know, mom's out of the house. Like, uh, I'm gonna pass out at ten o'clock. Like, we're gonna throw it on. Mm-hmm. I saw the Rock. Like, when did the Rock come out with uh, Nick Cage and Sean Connery? I will verify that. We right now. rented that from Blockbuster, and I watched that with my dad. Oh, Team Blockbuster. Yeah. <laughs> Shout out. Oh, not were the, we at Oregon? Not the Rocketeer. Not Dwayne Johnson. Uh, 1996. That's when The Rock came out? Yes. So I saw it in probably 97 because we rented it from Blockbuster. Nice. Yeah. So, I mean, like, th- that's what I'm saying. Like, it was, I don't, my dad just was like, I mean, the violence in it, whatever. I mean, it, you're going to get exposed. I don't even know what his fucking rationale is. I'm not going to lie. But <laughs> however when it, the rule was if there's no tits, you can watch it. And uh-huh. he was usually pretty spot on if there was or wasn't, you mm-hmm. know? So, I mean, there was things where it's just like, sure. Oh, sick. dad knew. Oh yeah, he was he was right. He, he was he was on top of it. Well, the old the '80s stuff for sure. Mm. You know, yeah. So like Fright Night. I mean, we had Fright Night on VHS. I probably watched that when I was nine. The other thing too is he was a huge movie guy, so he would just have VHSs where, he, you know, you'd put it in the VCR, record it on USA or whatever, and he just mm-hmm. write it down. So I mean, like me and Sam would just go and we'd go. All right, well, what's oh this looks interesting let's throw this on you yeah, know? yeah and so like you, you kind of just view movies that way and you had an idea platoon was one that he said you can never watch this one and you got to get older you know there was a couple ones that he he was well aware of, but then i think like like predator he's like it's a fucking alien in the jungle yeah yeah nothing could, like how are they ever gonna get absorbed into this life and think that this is gonna impact them you know right. so that's yeah. that's where some of the, my older taste comes from is just because I was I was evolved in that world. Different different upbringings for sure. Yeah, I think because uh, I'm almost like the way my childhood was is almost like polar opposite. Like I I really wasn't super into movies. Like my parents really weren't into soup like super mm-hmm. into movies. Like you know, as a kid, obviously I had like some VHSs of like certain movies like i think i had napoleon dynamite on vhs that they got from like a garage sale yeah that i watched over and over again when i was in middle school favorite movie all time it was for a while (laughs) when i was like 11 12 years old but you know just that sort of like different perspective of Mm -hmm. it like that different upbringing can give you like a sort of appreciation for a movie that i wouldn't have had otherwise you know yeah like you you view this movie and you see like all the different aspects of it and you can like appreciate it for the reasons that you did for when you were younger that I probably will never have. Well, I'll say, yeah, kind of, I mean that. And one of the, one of the things that you got to appreciate about a movie is that you read up on interviews that were done in 2007, mm-hmm. you know, like it's just, I, I, I will always, 
look if there's information on big trout like i want to learn more i had no idea that there was a strike on the film and that they picketed it they picketed filming Mm-hmm. With these, you know, within the within the San Fran, and there, I think it's a heavy Asian American community over there in San Francisco, you yeah. know, or at least in Little China. I mean, it's probably named that way for a reason. <laughs> I'm uh, guessing. <laughs> one can only speculate. Yeah, yeah. Uh, <laughs> um, Allegedly. Yeah, 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 yeah. Thank you. That's the word I was looking for. Mm. But that's what I'm saying. Like, and and you know, and then you read up <clears throat> on this stuff, and you find out that. Kurt Russell wasn't the first guy thought of. And that when he came in, he thought it was going to be a bomb. And Carpenter said, listen, like, I just like working with you. Like, let's do it. Yeah. You know? So, I mean, it's stuff like that. So there's, it, it does tie into it. And <clears throat> I think that's what, sorry, I don't know what's going on. Um, contagious. Yeah. Yes. Yes. Contagion. Contagion. Um, oh, the, no, no, I'm just kidding. So, yeah, yeah. <laughs> so anyways, um, you know, and that's where, so, I don't. I mean, we, we don't have to dive too much more into it because really, my biggest thing, and I was like, if you know, Jack Burton was just such a phenomenal character for me, but it, you know, different ways on it. What uh, we mm-hmm. can move on from it. I know we got some questions still coming up. We got some questions. Yes. So, um, so I guess don't the, you don't have you can break my heart. I'm gonna tell you right now. <laughs> if, if you gotta go low, you gotta go low. Um, I really didn't go as low as I think you're expecting. Okay. I gave this film a seven out of ten. Really? Mm-hmm. Okay. Yes. Solid movie overall. Mm-hmm. Overall, I enjoyed it. Just some things that I really didn't connect with. Yeah. And uh, don't have that sort of appreciation for that you do. For sure, hundred mm-hmm. percent. And I, that's and I won't lie to you. And I don't. I don't know if you had that or not. But if you go, if you went into it with like, you've only you've seen the thing in Escape from New York. Mm-hmm. And this is like two. It's not even, in my opinion. Completely different movies than those two. Right. It'd probably even be closer to Escape Escape from New York, but even then, like, even then, tonally, the dy- it's dystopian future. Yeah. You know what I'm saying? Like, so, I think that that could also like that. Like I say, expectations are kind of what you're ex- thinking you're gonna get from it. It goes one way. Um. But yeah, no, that's awesome. Seven out. This is a ten out of ten for me. Bada this bing. Is, I mean, it's top five, and uh, you know, I could, I could, I, I, the imperfection of the movie is what makes it perfect for me. It's it's all of that little shit that you're like, you gives watch. it that charm. Yeah. And I mean, even watching, I just was like, I didn't realize the action was even that bad. And I still like, I could throw this on tomorrow and just watch it. I mean, mm. and I think that's just really how much I like Jack Burton though. And I, I, maybe if it came down to it, if it would be, he'd be like one of my top five characters, but yeah. even the film alone, like I, it was fun reading more up on this and learning more about it. And some of the, even some of what it was predicated on. Mm-hmm. There's a movie called Zoo. There's a couple of these movies that are like modern, contemporary, like kung fu or westerns that are set in different types of cultures. Yeah. Like I had no, and I, I was like, I like this movie. I might check that one out. Mm-hmm. You know, so, and then there you go. So cool. Big Trouble in Little China. We should mention before we move on that uh, you, you walked through the front door. Oh, oh uh, stop. Oh, uh, stop, Kyle. You 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 walked through the front door. <laughs> not only did I, you know, gaze upon your beauty. Oh yeah. Well, but I was not I was enamored with the fact that you came dressed as Jack Burton from the movie. As like you have the full attire going best on. I could. I'm missing a Harley Davidson hat and the sunglasses. Oh, and the boots. I think there's a couple pieces there. I was but. gonna say you got a ball cap, you've got the tank top, you've got the jacket. And like, the jeans. And the jeans. You've got the entire oh, look, dude, basically. I'm telling you, I've, 
I cannot. I I I gained more of an appreciation for him after this film because mm-hmm. when you when you watch it, the first times I've seen it, never thought about him being um, fish out of water. Mm-hmm. Never. It's just kind of like, oh, that's Jack Burton. He can go anywhere, mm-hmm. you know. And then I'm, I was watching this before I even read the shit up on him. <laughs> I was like. Does Kurt Russell even fight in this thing? Like, I didn't realize <laughs> yeah. how bad the fighting was. And then I'm like, th- I'm like watching him. I'm like, I don't even know if he fights. Yeah. And then he does this thing. He shoots it, gets knocked out. And then that's that always cracks me up. And then he takes out the dude, does it. And then like the one thing he does is it, he hits Lopan. And I was like, I think that's it. I think that's it. And then <laughs> yeah. I read up on him and I was like, Oh, they really made him a baffable character. He, fucking, in this. he fumbled his way through it. And then he put his hands together and went... My work here is yeah. done. <laughs> oh my god! And you know that's exactly what Al he, he fucking got in that f- truck and was just like, "Yep, old Jack Burton saved the day." Again. <laughs> yeah. like, he shit. just gave him an ego boost <laughs> for no reason whatsoever. Uh, no, one of the I will say this too. One of the things, and this is why it probably was for me too. But one of the things we used to do in our in our uh, when I was coaching, um, mm-hmm. you know, we used to drink energy drinks before our games and whatnot, and. Uh, Sometimes if we had to go up into the press box, you know, we, we, me and my brother would always, we, you know, take our energy drinks and we drink it and be like, yeah, I'm feeling pretty good, man. <laughs> I feel, feel kind of invincible. Yeah. 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 I, I, I got this like elevator. <laughs> positivity around me. Like everything's going to go right. Mm. Yeah. 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 Me too, man. <laughs> like just, <laughs> ah, all right. I'm done. Yeah. I, I enjoy, like, I enjoy yeah. that scene too. Um, so uh, that's a good sort of uh, transition into our questions that hey, we got. Here we go. We got some questions on the Facebook. I'm going to say this right now. We might not get through all of them, so we might save some for episode 16. Um, so just letting you guys know right now, if you left a question and we didn't read it off, sorry. We'll get to it next time. I promise. Yeah. Um, love you guys. Um so our first question comes from Joanne, my mom. Um, oh, she says, "Has a movie ever made you feel happier after you watched it? And if so, what movie?" Um, there's a lot of uh, movies that I've gotten happier after watching. Um, normally, like comedies. Like I watched Hot Fuzz the other day. I rewatched that. Oh yeah, I fucking love Hot Fuzz. Um, I've not seen Hot Fuzz. I, my mom watched Hot Fuzz with me the first time I saw it because really? it was it was playing on TV, and I remember being a kid and we were just scrolling through, uh, you know, the cable just like trying to see what was on, and that movie came up and I was like, oh, it's got the same guys from uh, Shaun of the Dead in it. So, yeah. she had never seen Shaun of the Dead before, so put that on and it was, you know hilarious it's like probably one of my favorite comedy movies yeah, i know you've you've mentioned hot fuzz like several times oh yeah just like every single day i text you about it too <laughs> i just i just text you the words hot fuzz and you just reply yep and then that's the end of that <laughs> it's a great conversation piece <laughs> <laughs> but yeah hot fuzz um what we do in the shadows you know just comedies i would say some like drama movies like columbus i watched that and uh really liked that film so of course i was happier after i watched it yeah i don't know what about you um so immediately what comes to mind is just how to train your dragon that mm-hmm. was the first there okay. is a scene in that film every time i watch it makes my breath go away and i feel like i'm about to cry and i i think it's just the music those movies yeah i've seen those movies too they're very like emotionally 
draining Dude, sometimes. Well, it, I, I, it's not even like that. It's I. Sometimes like things just hit you in a way where it's so like intros. There's so much introspection just in a couple seconds, mm-hmm. you know. And then it's like if they hit you like that, it's almost like the knockout punch on your chin. You know, where it's just like, doesn't matter. I don't care how strong you are. If someone hits you in that same spot, you're going down. Yeah, right? yeah, absolutely. And there's a scene in there. And so every time I could, anytime I watch that movie, it always just, I, I almost feel I, there's so many emotions that run through me. And I think, I mean, that is one that where if I was like feeling really down, like mm-hmm. I could probably put that on and it'd bring a smile to my face. Yeah, yeah. Um, yeah, a lot of like kids movies, I guess. Mm-hmm. Like um, like you were saying, How to Train Your Dragon, Shrek obviously um i'm pretty happy after i watched shrek yeah um yeah when i was a kid i loved um lion king bugs life bugs yeah. life was probably my favorite pixar movie for the longest time and i would rewatch it constantly yeah no there's a there's a lot of them i would say yeah i think the kids yeah definitely nostalgia i'm mm. just trying to think of i mean and i'm also trying to go through my head if there's anything that's not a kid's movie that i'd be like uh, starsky and hutch john wick obviously for me um i'm always happy after i watch those movies yeah, sure. <laughs> yeah. well uh i guess amped is a is a word for it yeah it's, i could it's just like pure testosterone running it, through it, my veins yeah yeah yeah. puts a little lead in your pencil yeah yeah, yeah. <laughs> like i feel like i could kill someone after i watch them yeah and that brings me happiness mm. <laughs> delicious <laughs> trying to think uh yeah no probably uh yeah starsky and hutch Grand Budapest Hotel for me. Oh, see, there's. I think the movies there's got there can't be too many stakes involved. Where I'm not, because if it does, if it continuously makes you happy after watching it, I don't think they can have too high of stakes because you're still on that same emotional roller coaster. Mm, okay, you know. So like a feel good movie, kind of. Well, that's what I'm just kind of thinking. I mean, I don't, I don't know if Starsky and Hutch is a feel good, but like it's so. You know, it's yeah, it's very consistently like oh, you cartoon. Know. I keep saying cartoony, but you know, we gotta we gotta stop if, the if the shoe fits. Yeah, I'm I not mean, gonna penalize you. I'm not gonna kick you off. There the, we go. The set. It's all right. I'm it not may, gonna kick you out of my it, house. It might be redundant. I don't care. You know, I'll I'll allow it. Yeah. So anyway, that's those are my. I'm just gonna go with that. Okay. Uh, this next question comes from my aunt Jalen. I'm gonna preface this right now. She straight up spoils two movies. In her question, and I'm, I'm not gonna read what the movies are, but okay. you're just gonna, yeah, you'll, yeah. Her question is, am I the only one who hates a movie with a sad ending? For instance, I don't like Blank because he dies at the end. Blank too ruins the whole movie for me. Oh wow. Yeah, two. I'm not gonna name what the movies are, but straight up, just two like classic big movies that she just like. Yeah. Oh hey, the main character dies in them. There you go. <laughs> it's like, so, you know, thanks, Aunt Jay. <laughs> well, you uh, well, Aunt Jan, Aunt Jay, Aunt Jay. Thank you for the question, Aunt Jay. Thank you for the spoilers. <laughs> well, we didn't read them off. <laughs> no. Plus, it's like twisting arms, getting some people to watch older films. Am I right? Uh, <clears throat> <clears throat> <clears throat> no comment. Uh, no. Uh, so what? It was if if the she's if, uh she's asking like uh. Is she the only one who doesn't like an ending, like a sad ending? No. Like, she I, doesn't like a movie with a sad ending. I, uh, I'm i going to tell you right now, I appreciate realism in mm-hmm. film, and there are plenty of films where I would be actually, I, I would think. Now, I don't know, 
Because, like, I could watch it and be like, that was fucking stupid. Why didn't he live? <laughs> yeah. You know, but, like, from my perspective and kind of, like, thinking about rewriting it, like, I definitely see that there are movies that um, I would it would it, I would not be upset if someone um, did die. Yeah. For the right purposes. There are movies where it's just very fitting mm-hmm. for the main character to die. And some of my favorite films are like that. I'm obviously not going to name them because I don't want to spoil them. But there if 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 for the purpose of the film it's it, you know it adds to it or right. like it feels right then i i tend to enjoy it you know whether or not the main character meets their demise you know there and there are some movies where like oh it, it's like the best possible outcome i mean oh my god I can't, we, can't, we, we can't we can't sp- even fucking talk about we can't it. <laughs> we can't spoil Sorry, it <laughs> there is one film though that it's so it's so it's not. It's like well deserved, but not well deserved. Like I'm just saying. Like I, I, I was. I cried. Like when I was 13 watching this. Okay. Uh and it's. It, you'll yeah. know one day. I'll yeah. tell you right well, now. It's a, a, foreshadowing. Yeah. So, <laughs> but dude, like I remember, and like I thinking like that was bullshit. Mm-hmm. But it's I appreciate, and I try to stay away from sort of. Uh, Oh my god! What do you experimental filmmaking? Mm-hmm. But like, and this one wasn't. This is definitely a commercial blockbuster. But yeah. like, for them to invoke that emotion out of you, I think means they did their job. Yeah, you know. And there are some cases where it is bullshit mm-hmm. for a movie. Like they kill the main character, and it just doesn't add anything, or Pull it feels the punch. Yeah, feels yeah, feels purposeless. Yeah, like well, you, you know. can't say it. We don't want to ruin. I it. can't say it. Yeah, I was just about to say it's um. Yeah, not something that we can really get into too much detail right. about, but there there are good movies with good endings where the main character dies. Yeah. And then there are, of course, the inverse of that, where there are bad movies where the main character dies, and it's bad because of that. Um, yeah. You know, it, it goes it goes both ways. I mean, I, I mean, I'll say I stick to this. If you if you're if you're sad at the end of it, they did their job. Right. Yeah. Isn't yeah. that what they're? Because if it's if, a bad if, movie if and the guy dies, if the movie's meant to make you sad and yeah, that happens, but, then yes, it's a good, it's about, a good ending. I was about to say because if it, if it's a bad movie and the guy dies, you mm. don't care, you don't give a shit. It's yeah, just like, yeah. And that and then they miss, they miss. You're like, mark. oh, thank fuck, the movie's over. Yeah. Like Jesus Christ. <laughs> wow, that was a weird one. To- <laughs> Boy, don't check out uh, Mel Gibson's. <laughs> Ooh. <laughs> Spoiler. <laughs> um, our next question comes from Mark. What was one movie that made you want to make a movie? Or sorry, excuse me. What was one movie that made you want to make one that's the same genre as the one you just watched? So a movie that you've seen that made you want to make a movie of that same vein. And I guess I can answer this. Um, Columbus. When I watched that movie. It made me want to make sort of like a low budget dialogue heavy character relationship film. Like I watched that movie and I I became like very inspired to try to like make that sort of thing. And I even have like a an idea for like a potential script. You know, I don't want to get too much into it because I don't know if anything will come of it. But it's, you know, something that in part is a product of me watching that film. No, oh, nice. Mm-hmm. Yeah. They, I I. My I had one. I mean, we talked about the John Wick one. I like the fish out of water, but instead of being out of water, it's more of a, out of his environment, mm-hmm. and it's that different perspective of following a low life henchman as he's getting chased, and it kind of puts him into a uh, 
ant is that anti-hero i don't want to say russell's not sympathetic villain yeah i mean maybe because like it really turns it so it'd be like if a guy was getting chased by john wick obviously mm. like, I, like characters who are out of their element yeah like, i mean well he'd be the protagonist but he did some evil things to get john wick to chase him right you know what i'm saying so i think mm-hmm. sympathetic villain mm-hmm. and it puts you know this invisible anyways that was one and then there was another one um clerks clerks that kind yeah. of indie low budget shot in a day mm-hmm. uh like you like you talk a little bit about columbus i think spawns uh, um character development or would you character um, yeah character relationships yeah it would be two it would be two friends just within a day doing probably nefar- not nefarious but yeah i get i i don't know about you but i tend to get like inspired by lower budget movies because they feel more like in the realm of something I could do. So like yeah. the Pusher movies, for example, mm-hmm. by uh, Nicholas Winding Refn, when I watched those, I don't know if I'd necessarily say I was inspired by them, but it definitely gave me the sense that I could do something like that. Yeah. Like I could make a movie that's in that same vein and style and feel like I could be decent at it. Dude, 100%. I mean, Clerks is... Quirks was made off like fifteen grand or something. Yeah, uh-huh. like you know, I, I honestly, I, I mean, if you get the, dude, if you get the right dialogue on, you get a, a genuine relationship mm-hmm. on the screen, right? And you know, kind of, I mean, like what, what you're talking, curb your enthusiasm to shoot one of those. If you take out all the actors, like that, that budget alone, what you have to commit, that's not like they're doing a whole bunch of stuff. Mm-hmm. It's just witty dialogue. And they're just having people doing a little improv. Yeah. But because they're all friends, they kind of know what makes each other work. You know, what ticks them off, what can kind of push their buttons off. That's what makes it genuine. And I think people, for the most part, like genuine. That's why James Cameron is the best at what he does. He might not be the best director, but he makes everything feel genuine on the screen that you're watching. Even blue people fucking <laughs> felt like they had some sort of relationship they build that relationship and he makes you grow to be fond of them so i mean like that's where i think um what the fuck who did the transformers films michael bay yeah ambulance he's got a knack for on screen blowing shit up yep you know grabbing that that's his kind of niche i think that if you sway the other way and you got good writing you know mm-hmm. i think you could definitely handle something like that if you build it and it's got to be but it's your vision yeah you can't have too many hands on it yeah Something, and I will say before we move on, I guess like something that's more like lower budget, like gr- especially one that's grounded in realism, mm-hmm. like uh, something like Prisoners, Columbus, I already mentioned, mm-hmm. Pusher, Drive. Yeah. Um, I, I, I tend to get more so inspired by those than something that's like really high concept, like Dune, great movie. Like I really like Dune. Mm-hmm. Um, I would not say that that inspires me to make a movie god no one because it's super intimidating and two you know sci-fi stories aren't really like the type of stories that i would necessarily maybe want to tell um at least not like from the get-go you know (laughs) they're so i mean i don't know i think they're so metaphorical and they have so much more symbolism attached to it that Mm -hmm. like you have to kind of live in that that world of the phantasm if you will yeah you know of and attach so many different things in your head to something else. Yeah. And I, yeah, high concept, but I, I definitely, I don't, I think Gotham, I mean, Gotham is as close as you can get to a sci-fi film. If you ask me, if you attach some of those. Very otherworldly sometimes. Yeah. Um, 
But yeah, for me, like most mostly, it like ties back into that like lower budget thing. Like mm-hmm. Primer made me want to make a movie after I saw it. Yes, and that's like you know science fiction yeah. movie. Well, um, yeah, but... it's science fiction, but it's like it's very grounded. As, yeah. as as grounded as they can make a time travel story. Just gonna, that guy, he wrote it, he had a very good idea. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, yeah, right. exactly. Um, the, yeah, no, the idea is what made that movie special. Yeah, I think I'd definitely, yeah, it'd be it'd be fun to fucking, uh, I had a buddy of mine that just said something in a, a group group chat. It was like, someone needs to write a fucking screenplay. Mm-hmm. I was yeah. laughing, I was like, what, this came out of left field. <laughs> yeah, they you were know? You're like, whoa, where'd this come from? Um. But yeah, did you have anything else or? No, that's it. I mean, I've okay. always, I've kind of, I've looked at like how to, I've, I'm cu- generally curious as to how to write one. I would, it would be something, it'd be a fun project to do. But I think, yeah. Well, if one of us in the room were to do it, uh, I think it'd be the guy sitting across from me. That's just a coin toss, but I'm leaning a little bit more towards heads, you know? Okay. So, but yeah, I definitely think that it could be done. Yeah, absolutely. Like no one, that's the great thing about it too, is that like, you're only limited by yourself. Mm-hmm. You know, you're you're the only one stopping you from going and writing that thing. Yeah, it's definitely plagued me multiple times, but <laughs> I try to uh, I try my best to barrel through it. Yeah, and uh, you know, just keep going. Don't give up, uh, Mark. Don't ever give up. Yes, because I know I know you, Mark, and I know you're asking this question from a place of, oh, I want to make stuff. Then fucking do it. Yeah, don't. Don't let you be your own worst enemy. Um, our next question comes from Madeline. What video game do you think of when you think of your childhood? For me, it's Tomba for the PlayStation 1. So one of our first like non-movie related questions. Oh, they're trying to get to know us. Yes. And oh. I, I like that. Variety. Um, for me, it's a lot of Mario. I think I've mentioned this before when we were talking about the Mario movie coming out later this year, but... I grew up with Mario, um, played like most of the like mainline Mario games, and just like yeah, the classic Mario NES. That was like the first video game I played. Um, some like PlayStation stuff, like Spyro, Crash Bandicoot, like that's one. But for the most part, it's like Nintendo oriented with Mario and that whole franchise. Yeah. Um, what about you? Uh, Vice City. Ooh. Yep. GTA. See, I didn't get into GTA until later because uh, my parents wouldn't let me get it <laughs> for yeah. the longest time. I had a buddy that had the uh, he got the first PlayStation Two. Mm. Um, I mean, like right when they came out, family got it for him, and GTA Three had just come out, and uh, we played a little bit of it, and I was like, "Man, this is fucking insane!" So, I mean, two years later, I have a PlayStation Two, and Vice City came out. I uh, love GTA 3, so I went and got Vice City, and that's the first game where I, I remember playing uh, with friends at the, like, you know, the wee hours of the morning, trying mm-hmm. to find hidden packages and complete the missions, and you got to beat it without, you know, doing the gun cheat. Uh, yeah. And I still, there's a lot of, I said, hey, yo, Mario, take it easy. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> there's a couple quotes. You the main, main, main. Yeah. There's a couple GTA quotes. GTA is very quotable. Oh, my God, dude. It's got, there's some good, I mean, if it, if some of it, I didn't get into San, San Andreas was fun, mm-hmm. and I had a de- I had a good time with it, but I think I was just on the cusp of playing, like, more sports games. Yeah. So, you know, uh, NCAA 2002, Joey Harrington on the cover is another big one for me, but. There you go. I need to get into that. <laughs> no get into it as much as you want you know it's you know answering the question no that would be that's about it oregon trail okay 
Um, yeah, I, I played a lot of video games, so it would, it would take a while for me to like go through everything. There's like smash bros. I played halo a lot when um, I was at a friend's house. Yeah. Um, just, well, there's so much. So, I mean, it's, there's a, a lot. <laughs> just think about the, I mean, the question is, you know, what, when you hear someone says video game, Mario just pops right in your head. It, it, yeah. It's for sure. Number one, yeah. Mario. That's why I like, as soon as I thought I heard, I was like, Oh, Vice city. Like that's easy. Like I might, it's 10 bucks. I can play it, put it on my PlayStation now. Mm-hmm. Like, yeah. I, like I just nostalgia, nostalgia. Our next set of questions comes from Justin. Uh, Believe it. Who asks his first question? Um, who is an actor or actress that has passed away, which you'd love to have back to do one more movie? Um, for me, first thing comes into my head: Philip Seymour Hoffman. Oh, dude, no way. Yeah. Same. Okay. Dirty Philip Seymour, man. Philly, Philly, Philly. Yes, dude. I can't believe we just fucking. <laughs> wow, that's a first. That's P-S-H. a podcast. <laughs> oh yeah, dude. He. He passed away from a heroin overdose. He he passed away, and now there is a void of like a certain type of gravitas oh. that is just gone now because he is died. He what? Like there, I feel like there really isn't an actor who can like fill his place the way that he did. I will uh, no, I I yeah no, that's a hundred percent. He passed away, man, and I was just like, you got to be shitting me. Mm-hmm. I think him. The other one that just popped in my head to is Robin Williams. And I didn't yeah, Robin Williams was my second one. Dude, I did not appreciate <laughs> Robin Williams nearly as much as I wish I would have while he was with us. Mm-hmm. Like, I, you know, I was like, oh, it's silly. He's funny. Like, it's just Robin. And then he kind of, you know, he, he passed. He committed suicide. And, you know, you watch some like Goodwill Hunting. He's got some other stuff that's yeah, come out. The I'm Fisher to, King. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Um, shit. Yeah, I can't. I, I wish I could remember some of the things I was just watching. I mean, just like low, like low budget stuff. You know, I mean, he was yeah. just kind of popping up in some stuff, and it's just, dude. Yeah, he was. A, he was a fucking creative mind. Yeah, he was. Uh, he was a talent for yeah. sure. So, but though, yeah, the, that, I think Philip. I mean, just because it's more, they both passed around the same time. I think twenty fourteen or yeah, it wasn't too fourteen. It, it wasn't too far apart. Mm-hmm. Um. I remember hearing about Philip Seymour Hoffman too. Just how like and Robin Williams, just like how it affected me at the time. I would say probably Robin Williams more so. Really? Like during yeah. during that period because I was more familiar with them then than I was with Philly. Yeah. Philly C. But um, yeah, no, for sure, just those two. Um, yeah, just talent that's just lost. Um, yeah. Yeah. So yeah, there's our R. answer R. for that. Um, Got a little dour there, but it's all right. It's all right. <laughs> we'll bring it back. Aunt Jay probably won't like that. <laughs> uh, his next question is: What is a movie sequel that never <laughs> should have been made? And the inverse: What is a movie sequel that doesn't exist but should? Let's see here: movie sequel that doesn't exist but should. I'm gonna go with the live action Super Mario Brothers movie. Uh, with, not, is it a sequel? The, I'm saying it should have a sequel. Oh, that's wow. what I'm saying. Okay, because they set up for a sequel at right. the end of the film, right? And then right. it never happened. So, um, <laughs> I no, I wrote down answers on here. Okay, good. No, so I was I I, I the so you you well you jumped ahead of me too. I did because <laughs> I was ready for the one that shouldn't be made. Um. So what movie sequel that doesn't? So I actually, it's funny that I put this. Uh, Starsky and Hutch. 
Okay. A plethora of scenarios to get them involved in, right? You can, Any crime that's happening in Bay City. Mm-hmm. Okay? Good rapport between the actors. Everyone loves Stiller and Owen Wilson. This is one that should be made. Should be made. Because this is... And you don't have to do repeat jokes or use ones that could have been used in the first one. There, it, there's so much standalone humor within the Sarsky and Hutch realm <clears throat> and what they have going on and the rapport between the two actors. Because mm. you have to find something where the guys like working with each other. You know, that would be a big one. And I think there's so many, there's unlimited scenario with crime. You know, Starsky and Hutch take down, you know, the evil fucking whoever, import business guy. So um, I have another one. This is a serious one for ones that I want made. Yeah. Um, I want Sean Baker to make a sequel to the Florida Project following Willem Dafoe's character. Oh, God. Managing the hotel. Because I could honestly watch an entire movie of him just dealing with miscellaneous hotel issues yeah. that he just has to like get over and get through. And it would just be entertaining for me to watch. Just like watching Willem Dafoe kicking pedophiles out of his hotel, like just <laughs> dealing with like different maintenance stuff around the building. Yeah. Like, I would honestly love that. Like that would be great. That was like my favorite part of those of that movie. Yeah, bar none. I have to see. That's one I have to. I got written up to watch. Um, it's a good one. I yeah. I like it as a whole. But Willem Dafoe specifically is great. Yeah, it's great in almost everything. Um, but uh, a movie sequel that should never have been made. Uh, Matrix Resurrections. Yeah, it's funny that you say that because I I have one written down, but we I, all in the last. <laughs> the two that precede the first one, probably not, but give it a pass. They're not bad. They're you know? stylistically consistent. Yes, I love that, and that's a great phrase for them. They are, but uh, yeah, resur- that one should not have. Resurrections is like you know, some it's an even more bastard child than the other two. Oh, they fucking, you know how I feel about Lana. <laughs> they just captured her. <laughs> Welcome back to blink twice, Lana. If you're held yeah, hostage, yeah, yeah. <laughs> shout out at us at Twitter. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> uh, no, mine was Dumb and Dumber too. Yes, yes. Um, I, me and my brother, when we were camping one year, um, rewrote the script for Dumb and Dumber. It was before when Lloyd met when Harry met Lloyd. Oh, the prequel. So that the. We were dumb and dumberer. Yeah, yeah, yeah. So that one's that one's fine. Like I don't have you know that one was it. It's funny, and I remember having some humor. I was pissed off because like me and my me and my brother were camping. We we're gonna have dumb and dumber go on a camping trip, mm-hmm. and uh, the whole time we were at Hoffmaster, we just would walk around and sh- you know go through scenarios and dialogue together. Um, <clears throat> and then they came out with Dumb and Dumber Two with two obviously like aged actors that probably are just doing it for a money grab like i can't imagine that they were they loved working on dumb and dumber so much that they were like hey 20 years later let's meet up and do it again Mm -hmm. you know so my uh my friends and i we were hanging out with a friend of ours in luddington we like went up there just for the day Mm -hmm. and we put on this movie the butterfly effect 2 it's has nothing to do with the first one like basically like the concept is kind of the same yeah like he looks at a picture or like a series of words and like just goes back to that point in time to try and fix his life but the stakes are so damn low compared to what they were in the other movie and the acting's awful (laughs) the way it's shot looks like an abc family movie and there are it's weirdly kind of perverted like there are sex scenes in it that last for like five minutes 
Oh. And you're sitting there with your friends and you're all laughing at it because it's just so damn goofy. Right. It, <clears throat> yeah, yeah. And yeah, there yeah. there are so many like inconsistencies with it. There are plot holes left and right. There are so many like reasons of things <laughs> happening that just aren't good reasons at all. A lot. Yeah. Well, I shot I I don't normally do this, but I will never watch Dumb and Dumber 2, so I've not seen it. You have not You've not seen Dumb and Dumber 2? I, I burned by my own petard. You, you burned went against by, your own rule. I did. I've been avoiding saying S. Darko and American Psycho 2 because you gave me shit the other time we got a well, similar question. So I'm going to say this, though, okay? That was worst remake ever, okay? So that one was, hey, you'd have to see it to be able to judge it. This is what should not have been made. Mm. They should not have made Dumb and Dumber 2. No. And I've seen Dumb and Dumber 2 yeah. in theaters, and they should not have made it. I, one I, of the worst movies I've seen in theaters. I, 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 this was one of the firm ones that I'd stand on. Like Even American Psycho 2, I will say, probably suck. Like We all know what that is. Yeah. That one, the Butterfly Effect 2, I could tell you suck they probably shouldn't have made that one. <laughs> yeah. like I, I i don't know if there's one that i if there was a controversial one that i, I could throw out there you know <sighs> but uh that I, I they should not have made it they it's the kingdom of the crystal skull i almost wrote that one down oh yeah that's another good one um should not have i will never see it they should not have made it it yeah. just doesn't exist no i've seen it so i can say that <laughs> it should never have i'm been so made. happy that you can pick up these dark spots harrison ford was old then he was too old then to play it yeah and now they're trying to make a last one with him he's like like pushing mid 80s yeah like, him and eastwood man like god eastwood's older yeah um eastwood i think is like 91 which is crazy um but yeah no for sure definitely okay. yeah. yeah we can we can move on uh this can be the last one and then we can end it here we'll pick up the rest of the questions next episode perf um what is your favorite Scorsese movie, and why or why isn't it The Departed? Um, <laughs> I'm going to say right now, uh, it isn't The Departed for me. Nope, me neither. Um, so, sorry, Justin. <laughs> I hate to break it to you. Uh, yeah. No, my favorite would probably be, honestly, probably Taxi Driver. Oh yeah, I really, go. I really like Taxi you Driver. Said it's when top I fifty it. for you. Yeah, and um, I, I don't know if it's the only Scorsese movie I have in that list, but um, I would say for sure that's my number one Scorsese. I really like that movie. Just the acting, the story, the dialogue, just really comes together cohesively. Yeah, I, you know, I gotta see that's one. So that's a blind spot. I gotta watch that one. Mm. Um, and I don't think it'd be a bad watch either. I just gotta. No. I just gotta say I'm gonna watch it. I don't know why I get so nervous. You know, it's yeah. I do the same thing. Maybe. I do the same thing with <clears throat> certain classics. You know, I'm in that same boat. I feel like I'm in that same boat more so than you are because you've seen a lot yeah. more older movies than I have. So true. It's not the oldness. It's not that. It's just me. I don't know. I don't know what it is. I think it's just being like, all right, I'm gonna commit myself in my mind two hours because that's how I do it. Like when I watch, that's why I watch so many movies again and just repeat, so I don't have to think about it. Mm -hmm. You know, unless I'm watching it for the podcast. Right. Uh, no, mine is Gangs of New York. <clears throat> okay. Just because of Bill the Butcher, he's. I'm very. I'm. I'm character driven mm -hmm. a lot of the time with my with the films, and sometimes yeah. you got guys that just uh, take precedence over the film. You know some of the characters. I mean, it's just I don't even know if that's the right word, but 
um, they're bigger than they're bigger than the sh- the show. Yeah, and Bill the Butcher was fantastic. Yeah, he 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 chewed the scenery. Oh yeah, as they say, and, and you know, as a director, it's very easy to take away um, from you could take you could easily knock down an actor as much as bring him up. Mm-hmm. I mean, I think that's honestly like you know, being a director is just like being a manager. Yeah, you know? and for him to. And it's you know it's art it's skillfully done it's artfully done I mean it's and I think that one goes down very smoothly mm-hmm. so absolutely uh, why is it not the Departed uh, I don't have any issues with the Departed I think the Departed's fine I mean I I like I don't think any one of the characters um, stick it for me yeah I don't I you know with the with the crime that's going on and what we're we're viewing it's not like it's the first or the last time I'll see it mm-hmm. um. I do like the dialogue and then, you know, the, the theory that uh, Mark Wahlberg and Matt Damon are gay. <laughs> Mark Wahlberg <laughs> does what he does uh, as a scorned lover. Uh-huh. Yeah, no no uh, spoilers for The Departed. Yeah, you know, so, um, but uh. that's that's where, that's where I, I'd sit at with that. So, I mean, I, I, I like it and I think Nicholson's good in it. And... I will say the departed goes down just as easily. I don't think that one is a schlock. Like you don't watch that one. Like the Batman, I'm not gonna lie. When you told me you were just watching it a second time that quick, I was like, holy shit. Yeah. <laughs> like I need to let this marinade sit down. I was like, I don't even know. Like I might see it a second time. Yeah. You know, just as like a man, but like that is there are good movies like that that are long. And I but the departed is one that I could easily throw back on mm. at any point too. Yeah. You know, so for sure. Um Okay. We did it. We cool. we got through those questions. Um, I get to make a film pick. It's my turn. Yep. Uh, and I am currently struggling with which one to pick because I have a list of movies that I have accumulated that I want to talk about, and they're all staring at me right now. But which one to do? There's one that I am kind of leaning towards more than the rest. Do it. Just pull them in. This is a 2011 film. Uh-huh. It's one that I have not seen. I don't know if you have. Really? Um, We've uh, you've not seen it. I have not seen this genre. Uh, fantasy comedy. Whoa, fantasy comedy. Mm-hmm. Hitchhiker's Guide to the Galaxy. No. So uh, it is. What legend start with? M. M. Yes. Uh, it's a 2011 movie, uh, starring Owen Wilson. Um. Directed. This will give it away. Midnight in Paris. Yep. Directed by Woody Allen. Yeah, I think I own this movie. Midnight in Paris. Okay, so you have seen it. Oh, I've seen it several times. Yeah. Okay. Yeah, I want to watch uh, Midnight in Paris. Perfect. Because I've never seen a Woody Allen movie. I know he's kind of a perv, but I heard that his movies were good, so <laughs> I want to check this one out. And uh, I remember when I was in high school when. Mm-hmm. There were ads playing for this movie, and even in high school, when I really couldn't give two shits about thinking about movies critically, I remember seeing uh, footage of this movie and thinking, "Wow, this looks interesting." And this movie—it's always kind of like been in the back of my mind, just sort of like the aesthetic of it. And I want to give it a watch. Yeah, I. Yeah. Well, yes. It, this will be more, I think, commercial Woody Allen. So I, I, I don't want you to judge Woody Allen just off this one. Okay. <laughs> All right. I think this is kind of like, <laughs> yeah, a little bit more commercial Woody Allen. Kind of like uh, Wes Anderson, getting a little bit more zany. Mm-hmm. You know. Yeah. You kind of you develop that re- um, reputation. So, but yeah, yeah, yeah. I own, I own this one. Perfect. Awesome. 
So uh, we will watch Midnight in Paris. It's got one of my favorite. It's whimsical, and Ernest Hemingway is fantastic. Awesome. Looking forward to it. So, um, yeah, so if you guys don't want to be spoiled for Midnight in Paris, be is sure there, to watch that. Is there a viewing option? <clears throat> is it um, streaming anywhere? Uh, looks like it's on Netflix. Let me verify this. There we go. I was about to say, because <clears throat> that way you guys, if you want to watch it, check it out. Yep, uh, it's on Netflix. I have loaned out DVDs before um, to have them return. March is reading month and movie watching month. Hey, so, perfect. Yeah, I just made up the latter of the two. Oh. But it feels right. So. <laughs> <laughs> Uh, so we're running with it. So yeah, if you guys, if anyone needs to rent it, borrow it, uh, hit me up on Facebook and I'll ship it to you. Excellent. As long as you pay for the shipping fees. And bring it back. Yeah. Um, not damaged. Not damaged. Not scratched. And I, preferably rewound to the starting point so I don't have to do it myself. We can save it for next episode, but trying to watch scratched discs that you rented is a whole topic in of itself. Never like, had to. You've never had that problem? My biggest problem I had was VHSs. Oh. And then, you know, at a certain point. Mm. Or you have it flipped upside down and you watch Goodfellas and it's a two-part VHS and you start it from the halfway point. <laughs> and you put in the first one. And you're, you're very confused. Yeah. Oh, my God. it's It really gave me new perspective on Goodfellas. <laughs> <laughs> Quite literally. Yep. Um. Yeah. The, the part that, I'll just say right now, the part that we turned it on at, Karen is sitting over him with a gun. Oh wow! Yeah, that's what we throw it on. So it's like, oh, a cold open. <laughs> yeah, yeah. Oh, this is like a, a four days later type thing. Yeah, and then all of a sudden you put the first one on, and it's like they're ki- I forget how old or they're in the swamp. I mean, it kind of like it's not that far off, but I think the ending gets a little lost. It's a little, yeah, it's a little jarring. <clears throat> Jesus. Yeah. Um. You know, I've had that happen before. Discs are scratched, and it's a whole fucking thing. Um, we'll save it. Yeah. But, uh, yeah. Uh, thank you guys for listening. Um, if you don't want to be spoiled for Midnight in Paris, check that out before we talk about it. Netflix. Um, it's on Netflix. Uh, you can find us on YouTube. Search the Neon Crew Podcast. Spotify, too. We're also there. And our website, www.neoncrewpodcast.com. Um, updated a few little things on there, like our favorite movie lists in our bios for our About Us page. So, uh, Dope. yeah, give us give us a look there. We're on Facebook, Instagram, and Twitter. We're everywhere. We're, we're trying to do what we can. We're Merch your, coming soon. We're in your closet. We're under your bed. We're <laughs> at your window. Baba yeah. We are <laughs> holding a pencil just waiting for you. <laughs> Um, so yeah, that's uh, pretty much it. Mac, do you have anything to say? Uh, yeah, one thing real quick. <clears throat> uh, if you're in Switzerland or Denmark or any uh, 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 Finnish country. Foreign. Foreign. Is that the word? Maybe. Maybe. All right. Uh, anywhere outside of Michigan. Uh, foreign. <laughs> <laughs> Basically. Uh, hit us up on Twitter or send something on Facebook. And if this was just all a ploy to get me to talk about Switzerland or Finland, foreign, uh, good job. Other than that, yeah, I'd like to know. I just, I'm curious if we have someone that's freaking out there. Yeah, I'm curious too. Out there. Like, that's not like someone in Indiana that just. Yeah, like just on the other side of the world. Oh my God, what if they listened to like two minutes and it was just like, nope, not the wrong one. (laughs) Yeah. I was looking looking for for something else. Neon poo. (laughs) (laughs) 
my favorite band. Yeah. What the hell is this? Movies. Movies. How do you cuss us out in freaking Norwegian? Yeah. Well, we'd have to rewatch Troll Hunter for yeah, that. Yeah. Bada bing. Uh, yeah. So uh, is this it? Is this not, this is it. Now time is good and ever. All right. And, hey, and, everyone. Yep. WWTHD. Bye, everyone.